0: Tyler oh hi can we talk about the last of us trailer
1: yeah I actually do want to talk about the last of us trailer okay what are your thoughts I'm still excited to see this series when it comes out on HBO Uh, I think that Pedro Pascal looks fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. I do not like the Game of Thrones girl
0: a lot of people have said that yeah
1: I mean, I'm like I'm still gonna watch it, obviously. I'm not gonna just not watch it. It looks promising. The series looks promising, but having been one of the few games that I've actually borrowed and commandeered a PlayStation to play, that being one of them, like looking back, I don't think she looks anything like the little girl from the last of us i I don't see it, and it honestly kind of pulled me out of the excitement for that series when I saw her finally like done up and dressed and like, I remember when we were talking about how she was cast for that role a long time ago and going, well, I don't really see it, but I mean, there's going to be costumes and makeup and like, who knows what the end result is. Cause just cause she looks one way in game of Thrones doesn't mean she's going to look, you know, a similar way and whatnot. And yeah, that just didn't pan out at all. She does not look the part and I'm pretty, I'm not pretty, but I'm, I'm disappointed about it to say the least.
0: Sure, sure. And I like I remember, like after the trailer drop, that was kind of like the main complaint is a lot of people kind of going like, the the like her not looking the part, kind of like it didn't really bother me too much because I was like I don't like it, it's super hard to find an actor that looks exactly like the person, let alone a child actor. So it's like I understand that like pickings are maybe slim on that front, but but yeah.
1: I don't know. I feel like there's a pool of child actors out there that that they could have looked at. I mean, like I there's no one in specific that comes to mind for me, but like you know, just like with any series, they grab a big name draw when like when they know that they're only going to be there. It's like Anthony Hopkins in Westworld. Like sure, Westworld yeah, yeah. is an amazing show, but you know to get people in there, the initial draw was like, "Hey, this is Sir Anthony Hopkins in it." Just like Community. Like Community at the time, most of those people were lesser known people. so the draw was, "Hey, come see this new sitcom. Chevy Chase is a regular. True. So like yep. that's the Pedro Pascal casting because he's not gonna be in a sequel if they do a sequel. like if they really run this whole season as the entirety of the first game, you're not going to see him again.
0: Well, you might see him in if they do a second season, like there'd be flashbacks, probably
1: yeah but I mean he's not going to be a main character he's not going to be driving the fucking the story right so like this girl has to hold the weight of everything and you know how a lot of studios it's like oh I work with this person so I'm going to work with them again because I know that they were respectable and hardworking, and they showed up on time we didn't have issues you know and I feel it's like okay we need a little girl oh hey here's someone that we know how she works we know her work ethic and how she gets along and da 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 and we know that she can act because she was in one of the biggest television series of all time. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder if it was an offering type situation or if they genuinely went and cast a wide net and look for a bunch of different child stars.
0: I the, bet it was an offer situation. Yeah, I, I don't oh, think. HBO. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, if they do... If they do the second game, which I think they're going to, I mean, Ellie's going to get recasted, right? Because there's no way that child actor is going to grow up to be like a 19 or 20 year old,
1: you know, in a few years, right? So
0: you would think that part would get recasted for like the older version, but then who do you get for the older version, right?
1: Well, I think you'd have more options if you like are looking for someone who's got some kind of credentials or like a... A portfolio of experience to show you, right? But, yeah. Because, I mean, I do understand that in the child acting world, like, there's lots of kids that, like, you know, were backgrounds on the Disney Channel show or whatever sure, the fuck, yeah. right? So, I understand, like, okay, this isn't easy. We know she's reliable. We know she can read a script. We know she can act. I just, physically, I didn't think she was the part. And, like, considering how you look at the movies like, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, where they ate like d h Jeff Bridges, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, like, and how fun like that looked really, really good. same with an Iron Man, right? Like, so they have these yeah. uh, this ability to like alter, but I guess maybe they wanted this movie to feel more real with more practical and not heavily rely on visual effects. I just think there could have been whether it be through computer generated stuff or actual like hair and makeup and prosthetics, they could have brought her appearance to be more in line with the character from the game. And I think that would have solved a lot of people's anger and backlash from this. Sure. Sure. But yeah, the thing is, is it, it honestly doesn't matter at the end of the day. Cause if she does a good job, she does a good job and it'll realistically, like you said, it'll be someone else for a second season unless they decide they're going to wait like six years to do the next one. Yeah. Which I mean, and I, think I w- that... wouldn't put it past yeah. HBO given their fucking track record with waiting so long.
0: No, and I think, like, the, the, the like, a tide turning on, like, that casting is going to be how well she plays the character. Like, if she gets introduced and it's, like, she's not doing a good job, then I think that's going to kind of, like, validate all the criticisms. But I think, like, if she comes in and nails the part, I think quickly you would be able to, like, oh, okay, no, this is the character that I think of in the game kind of thing, right, so.
1: Well, and that's just it. Like, all of the complaints right now are strictly stemming from an appearance-based thing. Like, well, the show's not out yet. All you get is a minute and 30 trailer of, like, various chopped-up scenes. So, you haven't actually seen her act as this character yet. So, I mean, it is a little preemptive. And I yeah, and I totally. understand that. And I'm aware that, like, I'm having bias in that. Because, like, I felt the same way when I saw it. Granted, just like everyone else, I haven't actually seen the fucking show yet. Because no one has. Yeah. But you're not going to make everyone happy regardless because if you did go with practical prosthetics and stuff, then there's going to be a group that's going to outcry and be like, why would you cover her face and all this stuff? Why wouldn't you just cast the right actress, someone who looks similar? Totally. I can can totally tell that she's got fake cheekbones and a wig on. Or if you go the digital route, you're going to have the people that would be like, oh, I can see the pixels move when she turns her head in certain directions. Like, why would you do this? Why not go practical effects? Like, There's going to be a group of people pissed off no matter what you do, so I mean.
0: Yeah, but fucking what I will say is Pedro Pascal absolutely nails the fucking look of Joel and like just how he moves in that trailer. Like you don't see a whole lot, but like kind of how he like his mannerisms almost like it's like, yeah, this is a grisly old guy that was super not a good guy in this universe, right? Like it's he's he nails that kind of like feel, I guess is the best way to describe it.
1: Yeah, well, he's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, the dude's on fire right now. And he's Pascal great. Pedro Pascal
0: nails everything he does. Totally. He's kind of, like... Yeah. Totally. Fucking... Okay, so talking about The Last of Us. So, they remade the first game. Again. Mm-hmm. For, like, PS5. And they're like, hey, here's, like, new graphics, and we take advantage of the PS5 and controllers. And, like, it looks like a really good like remake and it's coming to pc so like if for the pc players that want to play the last of us you'll soon be able to and i was like okay like one of my favorite games of all time like i'll i'll look into this i'll probably give it another buy fucking take a guess at what the pricing is 70 bucks 90 oh on the 90 dollars no on the playstation store what's it on steam that that's a great question. I don't know that they've announced it yet.
1: Well, I mean, like I don't know if you noticed, but like while we're uh, in tune speaking of this, is they recently leaked a page for? No, it's not listed on Steam yet. It will be, I imagine, because like you look at like Uncharted, mm-hmm. those are listed for sixty bucks. Yep, I Man
0: uh... was sixty, I think,
1: wasn't it? I believe so. I actually bought the original Spider-Man and started playing it on my PC. And yeah, it was 70 Yeah. It's not... Okay, they pulled the listing, but someone... They accidentally leaked the uh, Steam store listing. Oh no, it's still there now. For Spider-Man, Miles Morales also come into the Steam store. Mm-hmm. So I would be pretty fucking stunned if The Last of Us isn't on the Steam store. But yet, yeah, either which way, $90 is an obscene amount. Ask for a fucking remake. I wasn't overly pumped about paying 70 bucks for Spider Man. No. No. But I really enjoyed it. Like, now has never been a better time to be a PC player Mm -hmm. because, like, PlayStation's like, okay, fuck, we need to expand revenues. Okay. Like, it's not that difficult to flip these over and send them out to PC. We'll make them exclusive for so long on PlayStation, but then we'll let the PC folk have them. And then Xbox is like, hey, we're just everything that we have you guys can get and then there's yep. all of like the PC only shit like it's mm-hmm. it truly is the best of all of the worlds at this point if you don't mind waiting a little bit for certain games
0: oh totally like uh, cuz i think it was it was 2 years ago sony bought a studio that specifically like their purpose was like porting PC games so they bought them and they've been using them ever since and it's like yeah it's totally and what's even better is like they're good ports like, they mm-hmm. support all the PC features that you want, where it's like, hey,
1: you want to play Spider-Man on a 32x9 ultra-wide? We support it. That's exactly yep. what I did. With fucking yep. G-Sync, with fucking... Uh, Ray-tracing, yep. and
0: all of that. Like, it's like they're doing ports and they're not half-assing it. Like, one comes out and it's like, yeah, there's, like, technically nothing wrong with this, like it's fully functional and good to go. Like just hit play. And it's like, yeah,
1: totally. Well, it, it honestly, like, I'm, like I said, I'm happy that this is the, where we're at with this in the gaming world, but it's a little flabbergasting to an extent to like think of how long it took to get here. Cause like, so like when the new consoles come out, they're typically that five, $600 range and you got Xbox or you got PlayStation. I'm not even going to count Nintendo because they're like in their own whole different little fucking world there.
0: Yeah, they do their own thing.
1: Yeah, but you talk about the two mains, the Xbox and your PlayStation. There is a ton of games that get made to be released on Xbox and PlayStation and PC. So it covers all of them. So then PlayStation really only had a few PlayStation exclusives, but with the exception of a few people who uh, have lots of money to throw around, I have a friend who bought a PlayStation specifically to play like the new God of War and the new Last of Us, just to play like one or two exclusive PlayStation titles. It's the only reason he bought it. It's the only thing he uses it for, and it's just been collecting dust for months and months and months on end now.
0: Are you talking about me?
1: No. Because that's exactly what I did. But you fell into that (laughs) camp too? Okay, fair enough.
0: I, I bought a PS5 for the new Horizon game and then played that and played Returnal, and then I was like, oh, wait, Returnal is coming to PC, and all of these games that I bought day one are coming to PC, and I was like, I'll probably just wait and play them on PC.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, that was, Except- that was I was not going after you there, but okay. You fall right into that camp, and then you take someone like me who makes like a tenth of the money you do, so I'm not buying a PlayStation for exclusives. I'm going, oh, man, I would really like to play the sequel to The Last of Us, but I'm not going to go spend $600 on a PlayStation to play one game. I'll just borrow someone's PlayStation when they're, you know, not using it or they're going on holidays. Then I'll borrow it. Then I'll play it. Then I'll return it. Sure. But now this way, Sony's like, okay, so these people who own a three or $4,000 gaming PC, that's where their gaming budget went. It went into building this PC. They're not going to buy our console for one or two exclusives. And neither Xbox nor Sony offer enough exclusives to make that purchase worthwhile. So to dip over into the PC side that they're like, I don't know if they've released the numbers, but I have to imagine they've done fairly well on the Spider-Man remaster. I imagine when Miles Morales officially launches on the steam store, they're going to do gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And whenever the last of us officially makes its PC port, Considering the rest of all made it onto Steam, I'd be stunned if Last of Us didn't make it onto Steam. And again, I bet it sells Gang like Gangbusters. Gang yeah.
0: Yep. No, and yeah, I agree. And it's yeah, I I definitely regret buying the PS Five now that because I bought it before they kind of announced a lot of like there was already some stuff oh. on PC, but they hadn't kind of really said like hey like they hadn't announced like their big like. Marquee games like Spider-Man and Last of Us coming to PC. So I was like, okay, is this going to be a thing where like those ones don't come? So I bought one. And then now it's just like, I really should have just waited because. Yeah. Yeah. And consoles are weird too. So I think it's, so. do you remember in the old days where you would just plug in your console and play? And it was like, this was the graphics that you're getting, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, this bothers me, but I fucking hate that they let you pick, like, hey, performance mode or frame rate mode on a console. It's like you're you're basically asking me what what I want to compromise on, and it's like, just like, I don't know. Maybe this is a weird thing that I think about, but I'm just like, ah, like this having to make that choice is just like, do you want ray tracing and 30 frames? And it's like, well, no do you want slight ray tracing and 60? And it's like, uh, I guess. And then, like, I play a PC port, and it's like, I just have it all. So it's like, yeah, it's...
1: Well, I mean, like first and foremost, we should address that by going, like, I'm pretty confident ray tracing isn't a thing on the consoles, because those aren't... Yep. That's a, but it'd be AMDs, whatever the fuck they call it, because neither of the consoles have NVIDIA, and the ray tracing, the NVIDIA ray tracing is... Like, whatever their proprietary name for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is, but they it does have ray tracing, and it does, like, it's pretty decent when you put it on, like, the full ray tracing mode. Like, it, it looks decent. Like See, it's not.
1: I don't play console. I should start with that. I used to be diehard sure. console until within the last decade, a friend convinced me to go PC, and I've never gone back. I haven't bought a console in a long time. No plans yep. of it. That being said if I was a console player, I would absolutely want those options when a game launches for me personally. I mean, like your hardware is going to be the same. So whatever mode you pick is going to be the same, no matter where you take that, no matter what TV you plug it into. I mean, I guess if you plug it into a TV that doesn't have HDR, you can get a little more performance by turning HDR off because you won't see the benefit of HDR. So, I mean, I understand that, but from a gamer perspective, if I'm launching modern warfare, yeah, I don't, I don't want the visual fidelity boost. I want the performance boost. Dial back True. my fucking shadows, turn off shadow caching, turn off on-demand texture streaming. Dial these settings down so I can get a higher frame rate because when you're playing a competitive first-person shooter online against other players, yep. frames wins games. Mm-hmm. And let's say I load up Horizon World or I load up The Last of Us. Okay, I don't need 144 fucking frames on my TV doesn't nope. need to be there. Dial down the performance. Give me a locked in solid 60. Max everything out around it. Totally. Make it look as good as possible without being as jittery as possible. So like I, I totally. for one am all about the load it up and here are your options because it might change because maybe you're yeah. playing Call of Duty campaign, in which case you don't really need a high frame rate, but then you want to play Call of Duty multiplayer, in which case you absolutely need a high fr- frame rate, right? Totally.
0: I just, I think, the, like and I'm glad those options are there. I think the weird thing with me is, like, when, like, the consoles were, like, first coming out, like, the, they're always advertising, like, yeah, 4K60, like, all the time. And then, it, like, in reality, you boot up a game, and it's like, well, actually, like, pick and choose, right? right? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know, like, what? it's a weird thing of, like, when they're coming out they're like oh these are the most powerful things ever and like you'll never have to compromise and it's like well actually maybe you will it's just i don't know it's just a weird thing and i think i'm probably the edge case about this but
1: no i understand what you're saying to an extent because i mean when you look back at the days of playstation one or the original xbox or even go back into like the nintendo 64 days where games were finally getting like 3d right when you got away from yeah. from the 2d consoles you didn't get to pick any settings because what they here. gave you was what they got. That was all it was capable of. So it's kind of nice that now you have a little bit of options. True. But I also, I have a big qualm with the console industries and how they label that when they sit there and yep. go, Oh yeah, we pro." cause I've had arguments with guys before. who are like, Oh, why would I want to spend all that money on a PC play a game at 4k and 60 frames when i can just buy a playstation or an xbox for 500 bucks and play 4k and 60 frames same thing and i'm like well yes but no it's not the same thing because there are going to be settings on console that you can't change they are going to be locked so that you can get that 4k 60 and like i've tried to sit there and explain to them if we sat my gaming PC down next to your console and hooked them into the exact same monitor television with the exact same specs, my 4k 60 is going to look dramatically better than your 4k 60. And they're going, no, no, that's not the no 4k 60. It's on the console. And I'm like, yes, but it's not the fucking same. Yeah. That's,
0: that's always, yeah, that's my problem with it. It's like,
1: you can sit there and be like, this is where it really pisses me off is because I'll be like, how much does your console cost? $500. Oh, $500. Okay. That's not even half of what my graphics card alone cost. Like my, nope. my GPU, when I bought it was like $1,200. So yeah. you're going to tell me that my $1,200 GPU is worse than whatever GPU they're shoving into a $500 system. Like, no, yeah. it's, it's, that's not the case. That's not how it works. Factor okay, in which... everything else. Like, it's just, No.
0: Okay, side note, can we talk about fucking four thousand series and the fucking crack they smoked with the price tags on those?
1: Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not hyped uh, on it. Sorry, like if you still want to talk about consoles, but
0: like I was just like fucking uh, excuse me, Nvidia? Like I think I'm gonna skip that generation.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are gonna be skipping this generation personally. Cause it, like well, what are uh, the prices? They're insane. They're fucking insane. I don't... I'd have to go back up and pull up the SKU because I closed it recently here.
0: But it's like something like 1200 USD for the base and then 16 USD for like the
1: TI or whatever it is. Which yeah, like... On, let me let me... Let me pull up the fucking... Someone has a list out there of all of the board partners and what they're going to be listing it as. That's not it. Like I remember when I bought...
0: Like my thirty eighty, and I paid nine fifty for it, and I would I remember like kind of choking on that because I was like, it used to be where you could get whatever the eighty series, kind of like top of the line card was like. Do you remember when those were like seven hundred bucks?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how long it's gonna. It was a very specific someone like leaked every price of everyone. I don't know where it is, but the gistively. Is you're looking at a thirty percent increase on every card across the board, and then the higher end variants, like the higher uh, VRAM variants of the fir- of the forty eighty and stuff, are fifty six more expensive, fifty six percent more expensive than last generation.
0: Yep. Yeah. It is like absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like.
1: Yeah. Like the the twelve gigabyte V. 12 gig VRAM version which is the base version of the 4080 starts at 1000 US yeah and then you go all the way up to fucking 1600 US for a 4090 which that like that thing
0: better play 4k 120 with absolutely zero compromises for that fucking price tag but it won't I can already tell you that
1: <laughs> like it's absolutely insane Yeah, I'm not overly, like, hyped on it. I'm not sure what the fucking video is doing here. I I watched a video, and I don't know if it was a Jay's Two Cents or maybe it was on Linus Tech Tips' WAN show, but they were talking about... Basically, the whole plan here is they... started building up supply, and then, like, the pandemic hit, so people were staying at home. So between that and the chip shortage, there was, like, a under supply and a high demand for graphics cards. But then the miners also fucking started going hard. Well, then right. we're coming out of the pandemic here. The, the chip shortage is pretty much over for the most, but not completely. Like there's still some chip shortages. Yeah, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. And then with crypto in the fucking toilet and people returning to work, there's not nearly as much demand. So now there is like an overwhelming supply of graphics cards and we've seen it where NVIDIA has been knocking down prices left, right and center where you can see, like, I think it was just a few weeks ago. The, uh, 3090 was like six or $700 below MSRP. Yep. Because they have such an overwhelming supply. So one of the videos I was watching is apparently it came out of a, uh, conference call, like an NVIDIA shareholders call or something like that. Okay. basically they're going to carry on with their next generation, but they still have so much stock of the current generation that they're knocking all of the 40 series cards up higher so that people will go, Oh, I don't want to spend $1,600 on a 40 series card when I can spend 700 on a 30 series card. Sure. So by jacking the 40 series cards way up through the fucking roof, they're hoping to have a bunch of people flood and, pick up, and use up all of the old 30 series stock. Sure. And then once the 30 series stock is depleted, then they'll start adjusting prices of the 40 series. Sure. But it's all a marketing game to get rid of fucking stock. And it's just... sure. It's fucking so greasy and so fucking diabolical, and it's like, why don't you guys just wait? Just fucking hold off a year, burn up your fucking stock, and then go fresh, but...
0: And, and especially because, like, as it stands right now, if you have, like, a 3080, there is not too many games that that thing can't do 4K60 with a, a couple of compromises, but not a whole lot. No. Right? So it's like, yeah, like they're, like, we're not at a point where it's like, like, when I went from, like, going from the 20 series to the 30 series was a pretty good bump because that's kind of when ray tracing was, like, kind of fully getting introduced and they were like, okay, these cards can handle ray tracing at 60. You know, where's the 20? 20th... DLSS
1: really took off.
0: Totally. Which like, and I'll be the first to say DLSS is like fucking magic. What that fucking thing does. Like you turn it on and it's like, you almost can't tell the difference, mm-hmm. but you get a bunch more frames. Like it's magic. But, mm-hmm. but yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, I mean, I can't speak for, anyone other than myself i personally will not be buying a 40 series card no and it's 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 super unfortunate because like these are the moves where it's like okay maybe it is time to switch over to amd and like amd amd especially if you go with an amd gpu and you use an amd cpu they're like cache buffer or whatever and they're like memory sharing and they're very short lanes so that RAM can like also borrow from like your hard yep. drive and stuff like that. All the really nifty features that are making the uh, M1 chips in Apple's lineup absolutely crush the fucking competition. Yep. A lot of those things bar sharing, resizable bar—that's the word I'm looking for. Which I mean, sorry, I should to be fair with an NVIDIA GPU and an Intel CPU, they do now some cards support resizable bar. True but uh, like AMD is really killing it, but their graphics cards have never like when you compare equivalent cards from AMD to NVIDIA, their ray tracing isn't the same. They don't have many as many like CUDA cores or VRAM and the performance is good, but it's not as good. Like NVIDIA really does dominate the market and like these moves make me think about switching to AMD, but then it's like, well, how much am I willing to compromise? So like, I really hope that, It seems like, at least in the processor world, every time Intel would do a no-no and piss the community off, AMD would swoop in and be like, okay, hey, we use less fucking wattage consumption, we have more fucking cores, we can do better multi-threading, like, go benchmark us, we're crushing the fucking CPU game. Intel got lazy, and AMD started dominating their market space. And I'm hoping that with NVIDIA pulling this kind of shit that this is that opportunity for AMD to kind of like sneak out of the fucking stands and be like, hey, guys, guess what? Because there needs to be another genuine competitor. And like, thankfully, Intel has their arc that's coming out now. Yep. And so hopefully that will actually start introducing some more competition where... It's like, NVIDIA can just add 30% every generation onto their fucking cards, and people are going to pay it because they're the best cards out there. Yeah. If you want the highest performing, like, the best card on the market, like, nobody beats NVIDIA.
0: Totally. And it's, like, I think for the first time, like, I've had the thought of, like, anytime I've done a build, it's always, like, I've always just been like, okay, what's the Intel CPU I want, and what's the NVIDIA card I want? There was never a thought to even look at AMD. But now it's kind of like okay, if I'm building two years from now, I'm probably seriously looking at the other ones now with some of those prices and what they're doing. Where it's like okay, now I'm like seriously gonna look at benchmarks and be like, what's the actual difference here,
1: you know? So, so this last build that I did back in March with the uh, whatever Alder Lake, whatever the mo- not Raptor Lake because Raptor Lake just came out. But whatever the 13th gen, I think it's Alder Lake, was right before Raptor Lake. The only reason, the only reason I went with Intel in my most recent build was QuickSync. Yep, sure. Because I have a home server. So going forward, when I update my main rig, the components from that rig will then get passed down and will update whatever my server is running. and as you know, for fucking Plex Transcoding, having an, in like, the only game in town is an Intel CPU that has fucking QuickSync. Yep. Because that'll that'll allow you to do your transcoding 10 times over with, like well, depending on the CPU, right? But, like, yep. I think mine can handle, like, 10 to 15 transcodes simultaneously. You yep. can't do that on an AMD CPU. It just, it doesn't nope. have it. Intel is the fucking king of transcoding right now. And the yep. old, So that's the only reason I put 13th gen Intel processor in my current gaming rig was because in like five years, when I go to update again, I want, I'm going to need yep. quick sync. The yep. tables have totally. turned a little bit, but this, like, this was prior to me building this, but now with the Intel Arc GPUs, they can handle all of that transcoding. So mm-hmm. now I'm stuck with like, okay, on the next build, I can get an Intel Arc GPU and stick it in my server, and that'll be able to do a ton of the, like the H two sixty five transcoding because yep. it has Quick Sync in that fucking graphics card. Or I can carry on with like my Intel refresh, and then the Intel Arc GPUs in combination with the Intel CPUs can handle like like increase the transcoding times like tenfold. Oh yeah, totally. But at least, but the, none of like Intel's Arc, there's nothing released or really known about them when i went to build my unit so i mean i that was my choice it was like okay either i have to do two builds or i just do one and recycle the old so that's why i went with intel but next next go round might be different especially with the intel arc gpus i might go amd in my main rig and i'll still be putting my current intel cpu into my server but yeah totally but yeah, fuck. fuck NVIDIA. Yep. But I mean speaking of NVIDIA, like did you read all of the news about EVGA is bowed out? They're not doing NVIDIA partner boards anymore. Just graphics cards in general. <laughs> yeah, like they're done. Which
0: is it's crazy. And there's actually uh I'll actually shout out uh a different podcast that actually like goes super in depth uh with a guy that reviewed tech and graphics cards for like a good chunk of his career. Uh it's called uh it's Bread and Will Made a Tech Pod and they do an episode on it that actually like goes super in depth into like some of it. It's it's like if you want to really get into the weeds about like some of it, check it out cuz it's actually like a really good like kind of conversation but but yeah, it's kind of like fucking insane that they're just like yeah, we're done with graphics cards
1: completely. Mhm. Which is crazy. Like, i I didn't listen to that podcast, but I definitely heard, I've read some articles on it, and I've heard uh, Jay's Two cents and Linus talk about it. And Linus and them talked about it on the WAN Show, and they said that the again, it's all speculation because EVJ hasn't come out and actually said anything outright. Yep. but the uh, general consensus is they dropped all graphics cards because they wanted out of their Nvidia contract. They didn't want to do boards for Nvidia anymore. But if they dropped NVIDIA but kept making AMD, I guess NVIDIA has a history of being incredibly spiteful. So if they ever decide down the road again that they do want to get back into making graphics cards, if they dump NVIDIA but keep AMD, NVIDIA will never allow them back into the partner program again.
0: Yep, that totally makes sense. And it seems like like, at the end of all the conversations around this, it kind of just seems like NVIDIA is kind of just like cunts to work with.
1: Oh yeah, like, I've I've heard that many a times from many like high end creative and tech insiders.
0: Yeah, like in some of the stuff I was reading, where it was like they wouldn't get prices and like till super late, so they couldn't even like forecast and adjust. And it's like, and when you're in a manufacturing environment where like you got to retool machines for different boards, like you kind of need all this information ahead of time, and Nvidia would just like not give it to them and just be like, yeah a month before release. Here you go. Well, kind of like, what?
1: Not only that, but every year, like, and it only really started like over the last few years, NVIDIA has been putting more and more into their own NVIDIA reference cards. So when you're the ones who have all of the, I don't know, key pieces of the puzzle and you make your own reference card, you're going to be able to make your reference card substantially cheaper than anyone else's card. So you make your Nvidia reference card for the 3080 and you can price it at $700. But for anyone else to even make a slight profit on top of paying the premium to get the licensing for all of your shit to put in their card, they have to sell it for, you know, 11, 1200. Like they got to mark it up like 30, 40, 50 fucking percent just yep. to make a small margin of profit. Like, that's not even so that they can make all profit. That's just, like, jack this price up, and then we get a thin fucking margin. Yep, totally. It seems
0: it seems like selling graphics cards, if you're not the manufacturer and you're a third party, it seems like it is extremely slim margins, mm-hmm. where it's like you kind of got to be, like, perfect on all of your pricing and your processes to, like make something right even like make it worthwhile so i mean totally leaving that space and just like cutting all that bullshit out totally makes sense Mm -hmm. so but yeah it's kind of crazy that like probably like evga is evga is probably the number one third party like graphics
1: card they have, like, Pre-seller? one of the... I think Asus, as far as, like, actually selling Asus fucking dominates the space. Like, they sure. sell more cards as a as a partnered company, but... Sure. If you go onto like, Reddit and stuff like that, like, the ones that typically perform the best and the ones that have the absolute best customer service and everything has always been EVGA. It was for that yeah. reason... My last graphics card was an Asus, and, like, there's nothing wrong with that graphics card, but this go-around with the 30 series... I specifically bought an EVGA because of the performance and because of the customer service. Yep, yeah, I did the same. Because I've never, yeah. I've never seen read, heard anything bad about EVGA's customer service. It's like, hey, I have this problem. And EV, EVGA is like, no problem. We'll send you a fucking box. We'll get you a new one right away. Yep. You don't get that from most companies.
0: Nope. So to kind of see like a third party just like completely fucking exit a space is kind of it's it's crazy like but at the same time i when you read into it and like kind of like get some deep dives into it like it totally makes fucking sense mm-hmm. so like it's it's like weird hobby scene drama almost where it's like this is a fascinating like kind of in-depth to this that you probably never even thought about right yeah so like yeah it's crazy
2: but yeah
1: yeah. Well, while we're on the topics of things shuttering their fucking doors, Stadia. Triple Stadia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Okay. So, like, I don't think this surprises a lot of people, but what's funny is, like, uh, so like if you go onto the Stadia subreddit, like a couple of days before this announcement, the developers of Stadia were still like talking about like future projects and games coming. Like,
1: I so feel bad for it those people. Came out of left field for a lot of people, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, because like the subreddit was like, oh, so why the fuck were you talking about this new UI that you're launching like three days ago and this game that's coming out next week? So it seems like none of the Stadia team actually knew either, which is like that's super Wild. shitty. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I mean <laughs> when Stadia first came out, I had a buddy because Fox Stadia came out quite a while ago. One of my friends was like, "Holy shit! Did you see this? This is amazing." And they were like all in. They went on Google. They pre-ordered it, and I was like, I don't know. Like I, I'm the firm believer that eventually, cloud gaming. I don't think cloud gaming will ever completely take over in like the streaming sense. I mean, I definitely believe, and we see it now where everything's going digital. You download games instead of buying physical copies for the most part. Other than like, Probably. there are a few holdouts that refuse to, that always want a physical game, and I understand the logic to both. True. But we're definitely going in a direction of a game streaming kind of era. But I mean, like, you take a company like fucking Xbox, who's got their Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which allows game streaming. Mm -hmm. And, like, it still is rife with, like, little bugs and glitches and latency problems. And, like, don't get me wrong, Google is a behemoth. But Google also has an incredible track record of coming up with these ideas, hyping them up, and then just not putting the resource like they half-ass everything like totally just look at their history of their like fucking apps like their g suite and aloe and like all hangouts and like everything that they it's just a convoluted fucking mess where they're like this is a good idea yeah here's a here's a budget get started and then it's like okay we're not going to support that we'll just kind of limp it along and i don't know it's like i don't know what i'm going to do with it ask me next week and then you talk to them next week and they go yeah, I'm still not sure. Ask me next week. And then five years goes by and they're like, oh, that's still a thing? All right, fucking just kill it.
0: Yeah. I I will say the two things that are like, I think are nice coming out of Stadia shutting down that they did is they are refunding everyone. Like if you bought games and hardware, like they're, you're getting a 100% refund. So if you have $1,200 worth of games in your Stadia library, they will cut you a check for $1,200. So... Like, at least they're doing that. And they said that they're going to license the tech to third parties. So if other people want to take advantage of streaming and using that technology, because, and from what I heard, like, Stadia worked well. Like, the technology worked other than streaming kinks for games. But, mm-hmm. so, I guess those are the only two, I guess, saving grace things. But
1: Well, the one that I was just reading that I didn't even think about was... uh the controllers, like yeah, it's nice that everyone's getting a getting a refund and stuff like that. But apparently, unless they send out a Bluetooth patch, those controllers yep. will be useless.
0: Yeah, and I remember reading that, and because I was on the subreddit, because I was like, oh, I gotta see what like the thousand people that actually use Stadia think about this. And like a lot of, I saw in a lot of the comments, they were like, so are they gonna patch Bluetooth on? And I was like, wait, what? Like, have those controllers just never gotten a Bluetooth software patch, but are capable of it? Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, what the fuck? Like, they're capable of it. Yeah. Like, just, that that was nonsense to me. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, that was something stupid
1: been... right from the get-go. It was just like, uh, Nintendo. Nintendo Switch? Yep. From day one, it had the ability to pair Bluetooth headphones with the Nintendo Switch. Yeah and as far as like maybe recently cuz i stopped following it but at least months ago that was still not possible they did enable it like not too long ago but it's still they? like it
0: but still it's like the switch is like what 4 years old 5 yeah. years old so yeah. it's like
1: that should have been a the, day one
0: yeah totally it's just like fucking
3: dumb
1: yeah i agree
0: but yeah i mean and i think I think Stadia's business model was also super flawed because it's like if you look at Game Pass and xCloud, like probably the big way to stream games, like the, the sell on that is super easy. Pay us $13 a month and we have this Game Pass catalog. And here's a list of everything you can stream on your phone or on your Xbox at home and just hit play, right? And it's a catalog and it rotates games.
1: Well, but, not only that, but if you own an Xbox, you can download these games. If you own a PC, it, you can download these games. And Stadia yeah, totally. was never that; it was just strictly streaming for the same price. Yeah, and it had a it, way worse catalog.
0: Yeah, totally. And you had to pay full price for the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like you had like you're paying sixty dollars for a Stadia game in your Stadia account. So it's like, yeah, like
1: it's not surprising, but like, yeah. Google be Google, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I almost got caught up in the hype back in the day when it came out. I was like, oh, fuck, like, this introductory price where. Yeah, totally. You can get it for super cheap. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it. And then I just decided, like, no, I don't, I don't know. This is Google. They have a bad fucking long-term track record. So I just didn't. Totally. boy, am I glad I didn't.
0: And you would have been, like, the perfect sell for that because at the time you would have been in and out of camps, right? So, like, the cell for someone like you would have been, like, a good steady audience, but it's like, hey, you're in and out of hotel rooms, like, you can just plug this Chromecast in your hotel TV and, boom, play your games. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, like, so th- even the people that, like, arguably have a really good use case for something like that for you to sit back at the time and be like, well, I don't really trust Google to not fuck this up, so maybe next time. Like, kind of said something.
1: Yeah, well, at the time like I mean I've always been super into technology, so it's not like I was a a dummy or uneducated on the subject matter and what this would entail, and especially at the time if I was working, it wasn't like, oh, I'd, I have to be budget conscious about this. Maybe this isn't the most affordable thing cuz money at that yeah. time definitely wasn't a concern and even I was like
2: Yeah. Eh. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. So even yeah. So speaking of tech, that Apple event happened and I saw the announcements
0: and like absolutely nothing was like, got me excited. I don't know if that's just cause like, it seemed like there was no really new, like kind of marquee things,
1: but like, there wasn't the newest thing that came out of that Apple event was fucking dynamic Island.
0: Yeah. Which like, I'll be, that looks cool, but like, I'm not going to upgrade to an iphone 14 for it
1: no No, it was uh fuck what's her name eve eve jobs sure yeah she uh at like right after the apple event she like posted a meme and it was like a picture of a guy wearing like a plaid shirt and he was holding up a plaid shirt and like the caption was like me getting excited about getting a brand new shirt or something like that. But it was like <laughs> yeah. iPhone, like one of them was labeled iPhone 13. The other was labeled iPhone 14. And it's like, yeah. So aside from the fact that they put a little bit of screen above, so it's like a pill in the top now yeah. instead of a fucking notch. And then they introduced dynamic Island. Like it's fundamentally yeah the same.
0: Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know I looked at that event and the only thing that like, I thought was like, Oh, that that's kind of cool is like the rugged watch or whatever. But then I also saw some people being like, if actually, if you're serious about like a sport watch, like it's probably not even going to be in the conversation because Garmin makes ridiculous ones. So,
1: yeah, like <laughs> that was my thoughts when I saw. It, I'm like, oh wow, these Apple watches look kind of cool. And then I saw like their feature set and the price tag, and I was like, fuck me, because that yeah that Apple Watch Ultra I think starts at 800 USD. Yeah, totally. So, for less than 800 USD, you can get Garmin Phoenix Sapphire, which is covered in sapphire glass. It's virtually indestructible. It's it's actually the watch that I have. I have the Phoenix 6 Sapphire. Now they're on a Phoenix 7. But for around the same price, you can get a Garmin one, which tracks far more activities, has more sensors in it for like. barometric pressure, altitude, all of that stuff, has a full, fully-featured GPS in there, full of, like, your top of graphical maps and all that stuff. You don't need to pay for them. You don't need to sync it. You don't need cellular service. You get all your notifications on it. Like I said, virtually indestructible.
0: And a battery life that lasts, like, a week and a half or two weeks, you know, in power-saving mode. Like, yeah.
1: Not even in low... Like, you can set it up. There's a mode, and it's called, like... I don't know, travel mode or backpack mode, or it's, it's got a name to it, but basically it like turns off most of the signals, but it'll turn itself on every like six hours and send out a GPS ping. So that if, if you're like backpacking through the wilderness by yourself, the watch will like turn itself, like it stays on, but it limits a bunch of its functionality, but it'll send out a GPS ping every so many hours. And you can get like 45 or 50 days out of that. So that if you're on a long trip by yourself, your family members can just pull up this map and be like, okay, three hours ago, he was in this area. And it's like fairly accurate, like within like 500 meters or something like that. I would say probably less because I tested the uh, maps feature when I had it in Victoria walking around and it was pretty fucking... Pretty on point mm-hmm. with where I yeah. actually was. And that's going through trees and all that other shit with something that I'm wearing on my wrist. Yeah. But yeah, the battery life. Because, like, recently I, cr- I uh, well, I didn't. A fellow at work cratered my iPhone. And they didn't right. have any max iPhones and they had nothing in a 256 gig. I wasn't sure. about to go for less storage because I use a lot of my storage. So I ended up back on the Android train. So when I went back on the Android train, it's like, okay, this Apple Watch, I can't use it anymore. Right. I'll dust off the fucking Garmin that's in my drawer, which is the Phoenix Mm -hmm. 6 Sapphire. Well, my Apple Watch, I had to charge bare minimum every single day. I never made it a full 24 hours with the Apple Watch. I had to charge it every single day. My Garmin, which... Is vibrating when I get fucking phone calls. It's showing me text messages on it when I get a text message. All of that stuff. It's got GPS on. It's got Bluetooth on. Like everything is connected. And I average right now about 12 days before I have to charge it. Yep. Totally. So it's
0: like, I get why they're making a rugged sport watch. It makes sense. But like the people that are in the market for rugged sport watches
1: aren't going to be looking at Apple.
0: No, no. They're not even going to think about it. Like they may look at it for two seconds but then go like, uh eh, no. Like it's not even in the conversation. So it's like I don't know who the market for that is. Like
1: Well you'd be surprised. Know. One of my coworkers was like, Oh man, did you see that Apple Watch Ultra? I think I'm gonna go get that. Oh, sure. And he so doesn't like, he doesn't do rugged stuff. Oh, he just wants it just because. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's probably gonna go buy it. True. And I guess that is like the the Apple thing, right? Like it's It has a fan base that will just toss money at whatever the new iteration is, which baffles me, but I I totally get it. Like, there's those people where it's like, I need the latest and greatest Apple thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. Sure. To each their own. Okay. So talking about Apple. Okay, so I finally bought an iPad to fuck around with. Why the fuck does it not have a native weather app? I don't understand this. It doesn't? No. So, like, when you tap the weather widget on, like, you would on your phone, it pulls up the web page for fucking weather. And so, like, I, I looked at this and I was like, I was like, there's no way. So I Googled it and they were like, yeah, iPad OS, like 14 or whatever the new version that comes out in October, they were like, is finally adding a native weather app. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me that this wasn't in there before? I was like, huh. fucking what? Yeah
3: huh
1: right because like, like I, I have just, i have the weather widgets or whatever yeah so like i've never bothered to click it because it shows me yeah. a five-day forecast so like to, to click the weather thing has never even crossed my mind yeah because i've had this ipad for fucking well over a year and at no point did i have any idea that if you actually click the weather it launched an app totally yeah and
0: because like i clicked it because i was like oh i want to see what what's happening like a week from now or something like that. And I was like, wait, what? Like
1: there's not a native app. This is stupid. That's interesting. Which is crazy. Cause they bought dark skies. Yeah. Like uh, one like of I the most beloved weather apps ever got pulled off of Android because Apple bought dark sky. Yep.
0: So apparently we're getting one in the October update, but I just found it baffling. Cause I clicked it and I was like, wait, what this this should have been a thing, but Just a weird thing that I've found with it. That's crazy.
1: Didn't know that. Yeah. Speaking of Apple fucking iPads, I wish Plex would start taking advantage of their fucking background usage shit. Drives me off the wall when it comes to downloading stuff. You still have to have it open? Yep.
0: Yeah, that's dumb as fuck. I remember when you first told me that, I was like, that seems real stupid.
1: Yep. I happened to come across a post on uh, Reddit the other day on the Plex subreddit where someone was like, what the fuck is going on with downloading? This is supposed to be better than video sync. And someone's like, Oh yeah. If you're running any Apple products, you should download. I can't remember what the app was called. And they're like, this one will allow you to fucking connect directly to a Plex media server, download the files. And it's super simple, but you have to buy the app. The sub- it's subscription-based. They offer a lifetime subscription, but it's actually quite expensive. And then you have to pay additional money if you want additional codecs to transcode video. And I that. was like, Jesus Christ. No, fuck that.
0: Speaking of Plex 2, so I put this in. And this is probably only going to appeal to a subset of people like me. But it's uh, a program that I, that you download specifically from like GitHub and it strips the DRM out of your Audible books that you bought so that you can use them on whatever device you want to play, like, the books you bought from Audible. Typically, they, can, they only work in Audible. So if you want them to work in, I don't know, Plex, you can do that, and it's, like, this super nice program made by one guy that is the easiest thing in the world, and it's, like, phenomenal for someone like me that has, like, 200 audiobooks and wanted them in my Plex. Really? Yep. It's super easy. Like, you download the program, sign in your Audible, and click fucking download and pack, and then all your Audible books are just sitting there in nice categorized folders. So, Hmm. quick shout-out, just because, like, self-hosting audiobooks is kind of a pain in the ass, but that makes part of it super easy. So, shout-out to Libation. That's what it's called. So, yeah. I'll
1: have to look into that because I have probably like a good 50 or 60 fucking books through Audible.
0: Yep. And it's, yeah, it's super easy. You just download the program, sign in. And you just run all yep. that through Plexamp? Uh, no. So when I play it, there's there's an app called Prologue that you, it basically works like Plexamp uh, where it'll actually like kind of, it's like basically an Audible style player. And it will actually, like, chapter, like, play the chap, Like, it'll list the chapters, like Audible and stuff like that. And actually have, like, the artwork and stuff like that. It's super handy. And there's no subscription for it or anything. I believe there's a few features that are gated off by a price, but I want to say it's, like, two or three bucks as, like, a one-time purchase where it's, like, hey, you want these extra features? Give me $3, and then it's yours. So Mm. there's no bullshit subscription. And it... I've been using it for probably about a year now, and it's it's awesome for like an audiobook player. And yeah, you just link it to your Plex.
1: So you so. still put your audiobooks on Plex. Yep.
0: There's uh, and to do it, you have to manually add. Um, there's like an audiobook plugin for your metadata, and then you'll make like an audiobook library. And this is the only, I guess, like frustrating part is like. The auto matching to your audiobook isn't really that great, so quite often you have to go in and like manually match your book to like the author and the title for everything to work properly. But sometimes it works good, and you just drag and drop, and it populates everything. But hmm. I've definitely had to spend, an, you know, an afternoon being like, "All right, I got to fix match like twenty books." But that's also because I listen to a shit ton of books. So,
1: hmm. yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're like us, that like to have like everything integrated into Plex, just for ease, it's a really good audiobook tool.
1: Prism, or Prologue. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look into that after.
0: Okay, I've got to hear about the Riverdale season finale, or is this the series finale? Hmm. It's the season finale. I...
1: Okay, I I need to hear the dumb bullshit. What did they do? What did they do? So you know I've talked about how they all got superpowers and shit after some weird explosion, and we ended up in River Vale, which was an alternative universe. Yep, yep. Well, then this guy comes back. What the fuck is his name? I can't remember his name now. But he's, like, the villain, and he can do magic, and he's got some superpowers of his own, and blah, blah, blah. We end up getting the backstory on this motherfucker. It turns out he's actually from Rivervale when they first settled there in, like, the 1500s or something. And when they were settling the town, the original settlers of the town were, like, ancient descendants of Archie and Betty and Veronica. Oh, and fuck fucking, off. Yep. Yeah. So there are they're like great 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 grandparents. Okay, sure. So while they're building this town and stuff, he decides he's gonna start learning the black arts and he starts learning like magic and witchcraft and all that other shit. And then eventually the town finds out he's doing all this stuff and they go to fucking like chop his head off, like execute him for witchcraft or whatever. So in that moment he makes a deal with the devil that the devil can have his soul as long as he gets immortality wait the actual devil yep Uh, yep lucifer yep okay all right sure yep he makes a deal with the devil thinks he tricks the devil because the devil only gets his soul when he dies but the deal he made with the devil was for immortality so he can never die so i mean like that just goes to show you how stupid the devil is apparently because the devil goes yeah this is a great idea Gives him fucking immortality in exchange for his soul. But guess what? He doesn't die. Yeah, so he never has to give up his soul. (laughs) Yeah. So he wanders the world, learning every bit of magic and witchcraft he can so that one day he can come back to the town of River Vale and basically kill everyone. Okay. So during this whole explosion, dimension, shifting, blah, 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 when that happens, a rift opens up. And as he's about to enter the town of Rivervale to slowly start exacting his revenge, he gets caught in a rift, which transports him from the Rivervale universe to Riverdale. That's how this guy ends up in Riverdale. And then he goes, hey, this isn't the town I came to fucking decimate. But a lot of these people are like similar people to the people I was going to go exact revenge on. So he decides, fuck it. I'm going to hang out, and instead of destroying all the people of Rivervale, I'm going to stay in this dimension and fuck up all the people of Riverdale. So okay. that's that's how he starts his crusade. Okay. But he wants to punish everyone. Oh, speaking of the devil, at one point we learn that Jughead's girlfriend, Pop Tate's granddaughter or whatever, her special power is the ability to like jump through time and speed up time and stuff like that. And she gets told all this by her guardian angel. So angels are angels, and demons are a thing in here, in this universe uh-huh. now. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Fascinating. Good job, writing team. Kill yourself. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's fucking just stupid. So they end up fighting, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to fucking beat Percival. That's his name. Percival Pickens. Okay, sure. And then eventually it comes down to they finally, like... Figure out a way to capture him, and, oh, oh, hold on, I have to interject here okay. at one point after they think they may have defeated Percival, he casts a spell on the entire town that kills the first born child of every family. so Archie dies, okay. um Jughead dies like a bunch of these people in the end of the episode, they all just drop dead,
0: okay. and then it
1: takes less than one episode later. They're all miraculously alive again because Car- or Cheryl has some kind of spell to bring people back from the dead. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, so she brings them all back from the dead. Later on in the season, they execute Reggie's dad and two other characters, Archie's uncle, Reggie's dad, and someone else's dad with a guillotine, cut their heads off. Okay. And Cheryl tries to bring them back, but she needs the whole body like because Percival kept the head. Because he knew if he gave them the whole body for them to bury that Cheryl could just bring him back from the dead. And eventually they get the heads back and with the heads next to the bodies, Cheryl's able to bring them back from the dead. So they're alive again. So that was pretty sure. that was pretty cool. Uh what else did we learn that's super fascinating? Oh, Jughead also learns on top of being able to read people's minds and hear their thoughts, he somehow gains an ability to open up portals to go into other dimensions. So in one episode, they travel to the Rivervale dimension to find out more information about Percival Pickens, because that's the dimension that he's from, the universe he's from. So yeah, Jughead can universe jump through portals.
0: Are they just multiversing this? Yeah.
1: Okay. But only one other verse is super fucking, it's so outlandish and so fucking wild. You're just like, what the fuck? Like they literally borrow from like every popular fucking blockbuster film that you can possibly think of.
0: It's like, there's an AI like writing chat bot that is writing the show that just scrapes the fucking like box office headlines. And is like, Oh, Oh,
1: Multiverse. That very well could be what's happening here because it's so goddamn outlandish. Sabrina, the teenage witch, makes a couple cameos. She's Cheryl's cousin. Okay, sure. That's where Cheryl also has some of her witchcraft powers. Fuck, there's... I should have wrote them down as we were watching the last few episodes because there were a few moments where, like, both the wife and I are like, what the fuck... Like, it was so So bad. But the whole thing culminates into this big fucking battle. Cheryl saves everyone, like, brings them all back from the dead. Somehow they bring back Betty's fucking sister from the dead, who, like, she was, like, straight up murdered by a serial killer at the beginning of the season before they went off in this, like, weird superhero dimension multiverse jumping bullshit. Okay. But she comes back to life because Cheryl brings them all back to life. I don't True. I don't know. But they eventually figure out a way to fucking outsmart Percival where they're going to kill him and it involves him walking into the diner. And when he walks into the diner, he doesn't realize it, but he walks through one of Jughead's portals to go to a different dimension or a different okay. universe where they have like a weapon there that they can stab him with. So they sure. stab him a bunch of times and he ends up like about to die. Satan shows back up and goes, "Hey. You're dying. Guess that means I get your soul." So hey, Satan goes to haul him off, and as Satan's taking him away, he mumbles something and basically casts a spell to make Haley's comet redirect to come directly towards Riverdale. Okay. So they beat Percival and that's like the big resolution there, but then it's like, "Oh shit, he cast this spell and now Haley's comet is going to come and land on Riverdale and completely crush the town." And he also, to make sure none of us can just leave, because the logical thing would be is this comet's going to come break the town. Let's just leave the town. He also cast a spell that put a force field around the town so people could come into Riverdale, but once you entered, you couldn't leave. And it was literally, if you walked up to the edge of Riverdale, you could push and you could see the blue fucking force field. It's kind of like under the dome. Yep. Exactly like under the dome. All right. So eventually, they figure out the best way to do this is for Cheryl to melt the comet before it makes contact with Riverdale because she's a pyromancer. She can make extreme heat and flame. But Cheryl isn't strong enough because a lot of her powers are being used to keep the people of Riverdale alive that she brought back from the dead. Okay. So all of the Riverdale people cut their hands and hold hands as a blood oath because they figure out that Veronica, her ability is to, su- is to like, transfer poison. She's like a human oh. dialysis machine. Okay. So she holds hands with all of the Riverdale folk who have powers and absorbs all of their powers. <laughs> And then because she now has all of, like, Archie, Jughead, Betty, like, she has all of their powers, she then kisses Cheryl to transfer all of those powers to Cheryl. And in typical creepy fuckboy fashion, this dude who created Riverdale, it's not like AKS, it's like a fucking makeout session. But, of okay, course, yeah. of course. Yeah, sure, he just wanted to see those two make out, but yep. And then, Boom now Cheryl has all of the powers of everybody in Riverdale so she stands outside Pop's diner and she does her fucking X-Men hand pointy thing in the air and as Haley's comet is coming down she disintegrates it with her flame power All right, saves the town But, all right. but <laughs> but you would think I was done there but I'm not Okay. But when all of that happens, it still causes a bit of a micro explosion throughout the town. Not okay. like one that would kill people, like an explosion of energy. And when she did this, it knocked everybody back into the 1930s. Oh. Or 1950s, somewhere in there. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, <laughs> somewhere in there. Old school, like knocked everyone back like 60 or 70 fucking years. So like okay. this explosion happens. And then all of a sudden Archie wakes up, gets out of bed, puts on his fucking football jacket, goes downstairs, tells his, his mom like, bye, I'm going to school. You're kind of thinking, what? These guys are have been out of high school for fucking years now. And then it's like, oh, it's the 1930s or 40s, whatever fucking huh. decade it is. And they're all back in high school. And that is how this season ends and leads into the next season, which is supposed to be the final season, which is going to be everyone's back again. And it all takes place in the 1930s or 40s or whatever. And they're all high school kids again. Well, that's a choice. Yeah, except one person. (laughs) I think it's Jughead. For some reason, because of Jughead's lingering powers, he's like the only one who's consciously aware they're not in the right timeline that they're like oh. in the fifties or something. I don't okay. know. Okay. Sure. Oh, oh, Jughead's girlfriend, pop Tate's fucking granddaughter that he's seen sure. that I can't remember her name, her ability to like speed up time and jump through time and stuff. I don't know how, but at some point they realize that the biggest weakness to Percival Pickens is Tony and Fangs had a kid together. Okay and Percival is scared to death of this kid, and he's just a baby. And throughout the entire fucking season, the baby's name is Anthony. They don't just call him Anthony. Every time they refer to this baby, they call him Baby Anthony. Where's Baby Anthony? Where's Baby Anthony? (laughs) Oh, I have to go get Baby Anthony. Anyway, so Pop's fucking granddaughter there, she has this weird time ability, and they're like, oh, Baby Anthony, Percival's scared of him. We need him to help us fight this battle of good and evil versus per- against Percival. How do we do that? But he's just a baby. She goes, oh, well, with my special fucking time abilities, I can make a time bubble. And we'll just accelerate him and make him an adult. Uh, okay. So F-bangs and Tony are like, okay, that's a great idea. Let's make him an adult. So this, they give the baby to her. She walks into a different room. This fucking blue bubble starts spinning around her. She comes out 10 seconds later, and baby Anthony is now a fucking, like, full-grown 18, 19-year-old man. Okay. Somehow wearing baby clothes, but comes out of this time portal wearing, like, torn blue jeans and a fucking biker jacket with the serpent logo on it and shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fangs and Tony Uh. are totally cool with the fact that they literally just lost eighteen years of their child growing up, but they don't even seem remotely concerned. Don't even talk about it or think about it. But yeah.
0: Here take sure. our baby,
1: put him in a time bubble, and boom. It's like putting a dish in the microwave. Ding comes out, done, ready to go. All right. Yeah, and then he goes to fight Percival and he loses.
0: Oh, so it was yeah. all for nothing.
1: Yeah, it was like this whole fucking ordeal about making him an adult and training him and getting him ready. help fight this big fucking battle and his like fight scene with Percival is like five seconds long and he doesn't even fucking pull it off and it's like one of the most blatant things too because he goes into the fucking room and they're all fighting Percival and he goes to get ready to like stab Percival and Percival's like you just watched all these other people like stab me and nothing happened like I'm invulnerable I'm invincible you can't do anything And instead of just going for the stab, which would have worked because whatever his, I don't know how this baby is special, but he would have been like the only person who could actually kill Percival. Instead of him just like, yeah, going for it. He kind of like makes a big scene. Do you know who I am now? Percival's like, no, I don't know who you are. And he's like, oh, I'll give you a hint. And this big like five minute thing where he basically reveals to Percival like, I'm baby Anthony, but I'm all grown up and now I'm going to stab you. So then Percival's like, oh shit, you really can hurt me and then like (laughs) snaps his fingers and disappears out of the room and it's like, why did you, why didn't you just go stab him? Yeah, totally. Like he didn't know who you were. He wasn't afraid of you until you revealed that you fucking aged yourself 18 fucking years. Like, oh my God. Does the typical
0: like villain monologue where it's (sighs) like, I'm going to explain how I'm going to kill you and give you just time to get out of it. Exactly.
1: That's exactly what it was. It was so fucking bad. Alright. That's Riverdale. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say that. It's a fucking shit show. Like, I I was talking to someone at work about this because they started watching Riverdale way back in the day. Sure. And they're like, oh yeah, we like haven't really kept going after like season two or three. I was like, don't. Yeah, totally.
0: That's when I bowed out. And uh, like, I started,
1: ex- I started explaining to them like all the shit that happens in all the later seasons. And they were just like, what? Like, how did it go from this? Like, you know, spicy little fucking teen drama murder mystery show to this just absolutely fucking over the top, ridiculous and outlandish show. And I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know, but yeah, I don't know. This is where we started. Solve the murder of fucking Cheryl's brother. To mm-hmm. we have superpowers and we're going to transfer them via blood and a lesbian kiss mm-hmm. to another girl so she can melt a comet and transport us back into the nineteen fifties.
0: Yeah. It's like that's that's a jump.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds about right for Riverdale.
1: That's all <laughs> I really got to fucking say about that terrible show. Oh god.
0: Fuck. Okay. (sighs) So speaking of also terrible shit. So I think last time we talked, uh, this fall movie that apparently used, like, deepfake to remove swear words?
1: Yes, I do recall talking about that.
0: Okay, so I watched that movie, and I didn't hear any swear words, and I couldn't tell that they took them out.
1: So So it was a pretty good...
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, I really didn't notice, and I was, like, trying to actively, like... Suss out, like, okay, is like, were they taking it out? But, like, I genuinely couldn't tell. So, yeah. The movie was horrible, but, uh, I mean, I, re- I could have told you that. I really only watched it because I wanted to check that out. But, yeah. Terrible movie, but, like, I really just wanted to check it out because we had talked about, like, they were using that weird, like, deep fake shit to fucking, like, take out, what was it? It was like a hundred swear words or something like that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally, I didn't notice. Yeah, I wasn't, hmm. like, Yeah, so.
1: That's impressive. Yeah,
3: apparently it works, so. I went and saw Don't Worry Darling
1: last
0: night. Okay. Is that, is that good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Is it, did you keep up with the weird fucking
1: press of that movie? That was Oh, yeah. Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine (laughs) and Florence and Olivia hating each other
0: yeah it was just like there was so much like it was like two weeks up until that movie came out it was like every other article on reddit was just like some weird drama
1: <laughs> yeah but then i I watched some or read some interviews like with florence and olivia wilde was on one of the late night shows and i saw her interview sure where she i think it was she was on with stephen colbert maybe okay yes and, uh, he's, okay. and he straight up was like we're i just want to know all these questions like is it true this happened. Is it true? This happened. She's like, no, that's not true. That got blown out of proportion. This wasn't a big deal. Like, it sounds like the only real fucking drama was like actually when they had to like fire Shia LaBeouf. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't even remember all of it. Like just based off of like the interview she did with Stephen Colbert, my understanding is for whatever reason, Shia like refused to work with Florence Pugh. Oh, And they kind of went, well, we're not replacing Florence and Shia went, well, if you're not replacing Florence, I'm not doing the movie. And they went, okay, goodbye. Sure. Yeah. But it was a, it was an interesting movie. It was kind of like, I wouldn't say it was like predictable, but not predictable. Like you kind of like, you're trying to figure out what's going on with this weird little town of victory. And you kind of like start to pick up on it by the end. And then you have your suspicions and you're like, okay, I mean, I wasn't that far off from what I thought was happening. It kind of. Yeah.
0: It's, it almost seems like a and drive, kind of like. Mm-hmm. Or it's like you kind of know where it's going to go almost. So it's just like, how are they going to get there?
1: But it was pretty good. I'm not sure I'm completely sold on Harry Styles as an actor. Oh, sure. For the most part, he did really good. But there were some scenes where, like, in the movie, he's British. In real life, he's British brain in his before life before the victory project though he was american so he chose to be british when he entered the victory project so i don't know if because there are scenes where they're like in this like little fucking made-up town or whatever where he talks and you're like it's like this weird blend of american and british and you're like okay is this like Harry Styles like slipping up and just like fucking up his accent? Or is this like some weird subtle nod to how he was or like, it's, oh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of confusing. And then there are a few moments where like Florence Pugh, her character is like American through and through. Brit. But There were a few times where like, she says stuff and you can like hear the British accent and like oh. in real life, Florence Pugh is British So it's like, oh, she had, like, a little slip there, and, like, how did no one in the editing room or anyone on set catch this? Sure. I don't know. Like, it kind of mildly annoyed me. More so, it was the people, because we went and saw this last night. Okay. And the theater was overwhelmingly filled with teenaged girls. Oh, God. I already know where this is going. So there was a group of five girls... Sitting in the row in front of us. That were probably just there to simp over Harry Styles. Yeah, pretty much all of them were there to simp over fucking Harry Styles. Which, like, okay, whatever, to each their own. I don't care, as long as it doesn't affect my experience. But these fucking little brats. Like, we are into, like, the movie hasn't started yet. But the lights are dimmed. We're getting, like, the pre-show trailers. Sure. And every one of these girls is pulling their fucking cell phone out. And like holding their phones like up in there and taking selfies. So they're setting off their fucking flashes. Oh shit. So like not only am like every ten seconds I'm getting blinded by a flash, but I'm also in probably like thirty-five different selfies that these fucking girls took. (laughs) Which was more than annoying to say the least. Sure. And then they just talked. Like they would oh. like something would happen and then one of them would like whisper something like as a joke to the other and then they would all burst out laughing and it's like, shut the fuck up. Oh god. And then my poor oh, wife, she ended up sitting next to two like there's no one on the right side of me, but on the other side of the wife was two girls and same thing. They just oh, like god. were talking about everything during the movie. Like a scene would oh, happen geez. and then they would like and not even quietly, they would like turn to each other and then like discuss what had just happened on the screen. And it was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous.
0: Oh god, learn some movie etiquette.
1: It was was Uh, a good movie though, like I I enjoyed it, and I mean, Olivia did a good job for her like, I don't know if this was her directorial debut, but I mean, she definitely directed it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if she's done anything before or
1: not. She did a good job of it. She straight up said in interviews though that she based Chris Pine's character off of Jordan Peterson. Who? Jordan Peterson. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So for the first few scenes with Chris Pine, I was kind of like closing my eyes and like imagining what he was saying, but like through Jordan Peterson's voice. Cause like, I've heard Jordan Peterson on the Rogan podcast and multiple other ones. Right. Sure. And I was like, okay, I can see some of the mannerisms and some of like, the intellectual way that he speaks, the way he pauses after certain words, like, okay, okay, I can see Chris Pine taking some of that, but like she took the whole inspirations like Chris, like I don't want to ruin the movie. You're going to have to watch it. But Chris Pine's character is basically like the epitome of like a misogynistic. Like cult leader kind of thing. Yeah. Like the kind of guy that like preys on like the nerdy guys who don't get laid in the basement. Oh, sure like that kind of genre like full-blown sure, sure. neckbeard simp incels okay that's sure, kind of sure. like his bread and butter he's like an incel fucking king okay and in such olivia wilde has actually like in interviews called jordan peterson like the king of the incels okay which is like as someone who's listened to jordan peterson like i don't see it like i know he's made statements sure. involving like those types of young men and how they need direction and all this other stuff. And I feel like some of the stuff he says gets taken out of context, but I haven't listened and read every single interview he's done. So I, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. But Chris Pine is very much a women are property of men. They belong to men. They belong to serve men. And like everything I've seen from JP, I've never gotten that impression. I don't think he's, Oh yeah like a God by any stretch or the most smartest man in the world, but he's an intellectual and he formed some very good arguments. And I don't see that. So like when the movie ended, I was like, okay, some of that I can see coming from Jordan Peterson, like in the way that he spoke, but like the core subject matter of Chris Pine's character and what his like belief system was and what he was trying to achieve. I was like, I don't, I don't see how this relates to Jordan Peterson at all.
0: Sure. But and that's, like, yeah, that's always a weird thing. And it's like, and I, I don't really keep up, like it took me like a second to like remember who that guy was. But like, I think it's always a weird thing. like, when you come out and say like, I based this person on X person,
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: always a weird thing because then everyone who is going to watch it that knows what you based it on is almost going to make unfair comparisons. Because like, I, in my mind, like you should, like, it's better to not say that. And then have the viewer come up with the comparison after the fact, you know what I mean? Because then there's, like, it's kind of that allure of, like, the viewer coming up with, like, oh, I, I, I think this is kind of contrasting X person, and they come up with that judgment. But if you say beforehand, then you're going to be actively looking for that comparison throughout the whole movie like you did, right? So...
1: Yeah, well, and it definitely took me a little bit out of the movie because the whole time I'm like, I don't see the relation here. Okay, maybe sure. that, sure, in the mannerisms, but in the subject matter, I don't see it. Sure. It was, it was, like, even separating myself from that, it was still a very enjoyable movie. It had a nice, like, although kind of predictable by the end, you kind of knew what was happening, but, like, still very good. Like, I I, I quite enjoyed it. I'd recommend yeah. it. I, I don't... Definitely not one of those movies I'm like dying to go watch again, but
0: no, it was and good. When I saw the trailers for it, I was like, "Oh, kind of want to check that out." I was like, "I'm not gonna rush out to go do it," but whenever it hits VOD, you know, I'll check it out one mm. night. So, yep. Yeah. Well, it's good to good to know that it's actually like decent because some of the kind of reactions to it have been. I've heard some people be like, "This is a totally fine movie," and I've heard other people be like, "This is dog shit." So.
1: Yeah, so. I wouldn't put it in the dog shit category. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in, like, a crazy Marvel of a movie, but... Sure. Well, speaking about Marvel,
3: let's
0: see if there's anything from D23 that looks appealing.
1: I mean from Disney? Yeah. I guess that's Marvel as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was skimming through this. There's a lot of... Like we already knew Ant-Man and the Wasp, Black Panther, Captain America... Fantastic Four. Thunderbolts, I didn't hear about until right now. No idea what that was. Yeah. I'm excited for Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, I'm really.
0: I'm more so curious about Indiana Jones 5 because it's like, how are they going to wrap up that franchise? And are they going to try to do what they did with Shia LaBeouf, where it's like set up a pass the torch kind of thing? Or are they just going to one and done it, right? Yeah,
1: I don't know. Like, I. D- because Indiana Jones 4 was... Terrible. Oh, I was going to say, like, the best movie of the entire franchise. <laughs> no.
0: But uh, to be <laughs> fair, like, Shia LaBeouf was not the issue with that movie.
1: No, it was it... the subject matter, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how they do that. Like, do they even address, like, that last movie? Like...
0: Yeah. How? Like, how? I, don't know. How? I, I would... If it were me, I would largely ignore it and go back to what Indiana Jones is, and it's just like, hey, here is, you know, a super old Indiana Jones going out on one last hurrah with one of his students or something like that that is also interested in it and cue that's passing the torch, maybe. I don't know, mm. but that's how I would do it, but I have no idea. But the guy, that, the guy that uh, did that Hugh Jackman Logan movie, helming it, so I mean, he knows how to, I guess, retire a character like that in a pretty competent way, so.
1: Yeah, one of those only time
3: will tell kind of things. Yeah. Can't Uh, say
1: I overly give a shit about Willow. No. I'm excited for Avatar, but, like, not nearly excited as some people are. Like, it's just been so fucking long since the first Avatar that, like, for me anyway, the hype train is very, very low. Like, I'm not going to be rushing to see this in theaters, like, when the first Avatar came out, like... It was opening day or the next day after opening day. I was in the theaters watching it.
0: And this will be uh,
1: whenever I get around to it. Did you hear what they
0: did with the first Avatar movie on Disney Plus? No, but when I was at the theater last night, it's playing on the fucking Yep. So when they relaunched it in theaters, because they were like, hey, here's the Avatar 1 remaster. like They did a bunch of HDR stuff and upscaled it. They took it off of Disney Plus streaming
1: so that the only way you
0: could watch Avatar is going to a theater.
1: Oh, that's fucking greasy.
0: Right? Right? I I read that headline and I was like, "Ah, I wonder why there's people like me and you that like to hoard media. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah. I was like, that's that's a sleazy move. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel right. I don't know. Yeah, I look at all the I look at all this D23 stuff and I'm there's really nothing that's like ooh, you know what I mean?
1: No, and some of it's already changing like uh I mean like everyone's pissed off about the little mermaid. I don't know, get over it. Who cares? Yeah. I don't uh, understand that drama at all. When I was a kid, Hocus Pocus was like one of my favorite Halloween movies, so I'm pretty sure. hyped about a second one, especially cuz they brought everyone back. Yes, totally. That's pretty. That's pretty nifty to me. Most of the animated stuff I don't give a hoot about. The Marvel television stuff is where I am curious about. Like Ironheart, Secret Invasion. I saw the teaser for that. That looked really good. I'm excited for that. I just read this morning actually before we started that Armor Wars with Don Cheadle. They're all already now. Yeah, they're getting rid of it as a show and making it a movie. I mean, I'm sure. always always down for more fucking Loki. Echo, Darede- meh, Daredevil. That'll be fucking good. That's really the only kind of one that I'm like. Like, I'm
0: pretty burnt out on Marvel right now. It's it's like I've like there's not many that are slated to come out where I'm like, ooh, I like really want to check that out. But the Daredevil kind of revival has me really curious because I really like that Netflix show they did so.
1: I haven't been hating on She-Hulk, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like I I know a lot of people that are not liking it. Oh sure. I'm kind of enjoying it.
0: I I've been watching it um as I've been playing games kinda like off to the side and like I I don't think it's good, but I don't think it's terrible. I think it's like a it's like a weird, like it's a totally alright show, but it's not like doing anything fantastic but it's also not doing anything terribly
1: bad you know what i mean i like the like modern day integration with like yeah modern day music like their soundtracks are are really good i like her fourth wall breaking i wasn't a big fan how like pretty much right off the get-go they're like hey she's a she's also a hulk she's a she hulk but she's better than the hulk she can instantly control she doesn't have to be mad she doesn't have the same problems. she's faster she's stronger she's smarter and it's like yeah, totally. Okay. And then the Hulk just fucking floats away in a spaceship. Yeah. Because, like, peace. <laughs> mm.
0: Like, yeah, sure. No, like, I, I don't get the the amount of people dog-shitting on G-Hulk, I think is, like, I think it's a little bit much watching it. And, like, as someone that is, like, not hyped on Marvel that much nowadays, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Right? Like, it's...
1: Yeah, it's crazy because, like, years ago when these Marvel movies were coming out, we were getting, like, Thor Ragnarok in theaters. I was, like, of the mindset, like, this is amazing. I love all these Marvel movies. Like, if they put a new Marvel movie out every month, I'll go and see it. No problem. And now I'm at the point where there is a Marvel movie every month and a Marvel TV show every other month, and I'm like, I I don't know if I want to watch this now. Like, I didn't think... That they would oversaturate it as hard as they did. And I didn't think it would have such a negative effect on my desire to watch that stuff, but it really has. And I totally feel that.
0: And like where I really felt it is I checked out that latest Thor movie because it hit VOD. And like that movie ended, and I was like, meh. I was like, even the mainline Thor didn't really get me like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. I was just like, huh, that was a
1: movie. Like it was good. I enjoyed it. But. I was yeah. the opposite. I went and saw that new Thor in theaters and I loved every second of it. Sure. I didn't yeah. think it was as good as Ragnarok, but no, I thought Ragnarok. it was very very close. It Sure. It very much climbed up my list of favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. Me I'm personally. Trying th- I'm trying to think of I think the last one,
0: the last Marvel movie like post Endgame that I was like okay, this feels like what it felt like, kind of peak Marvel, was probably Spider-Man. Like, no way Home.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Just because that was like, oh shit, we got all the other Spider-Mans, right? And all the, like, they merged all that Sony shit into, like, something that was super cool, But,
1: but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, right now, which we can talk about in a second, the only, like, Marvel show that I'm, like, just giddy in my boots for is the new Deadpool now that we have that new fucking teaser
0: yes so good old Hugh Jackman coming back
1: yeah but as far as the rest of this D3 announcement stuff the only other thing that I actually like I'll be completely honest I'm pretty excited for a national treasure show
0: oh yeah I actually did see that trailer and I was like yeah I totally Tyler's gonna eat
1: this up and I I was like (laughs) love that shit like I'm excited I can't wait for that but aside from that most of the D3 stuff is like "Eh." yeah
2: yeah. yeah,
1: I'm really curious um about
0: that National Treasure show because like if it's good, I'll, I'll totally watch it. Like I, I also very much like those type of things. So it's like if you do it good.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's why I love the Dan Brown stuff so much. Like all the symbology and hidden meanings and oh, like yeah. oh, I love totally. it. Fucking totally, fucking love it. Totally. Yeah, Deadpool three t- teaser. Yeah. So, I'm curious
0: if this is the movie that's merging all of the X-Men and it's got to be right like yeah. this is how they're bringing them in right it would have to be i read of oh, someone i think it was a reddit thread someone was like i don't know if they'll do it this way but it would be really cool if how they merged like the fox and X- X-Men in is Deadpool like third walling it like he did at the end of the second one where he's like yeah I'm going through and just cleaning up the timeline if he literally did that with the Fox movies and just selectively like was like yeah come over to
1: Disney <laughs> or something I mean, that's, like that's yeah that's very possible I think it was new rock stars on YouTube sure. they did a video breakdown where they actually had like they got it from someone else but someone like read the lips, like, cause you know, the second teaser. and yep.
0: <laughs> Yeah. I saw that. Word. Yeah. And like it plays the song, got, like...
1: but you can't really, you don't know what they're saying. Someone like read the lips and you don't really get a whole lot of giveaway. And obviously no. Ryan Reynolds is very good at marketing and he knew that if they did that, someone would read fucking lips. So they didn't really give totally. away any spoilers. But a while ago, the third Deadpool movie years ago was pitched to be a road trip movie of Deadpool and Wolverine. Oh, shit. Doing a road trip. And then that's when like Disney bought everything and they weren't sure like the fate of Deadpool and then Marvel or the X-Men was getting roped back into Disney after a certain amount of years. So like that whole, that was the original idea for Deadpool 3 was Deadpool and Wolverine doing a road trip. Sure. So new rock stars, their theory that they've like pulled partially off the internet and formulated their own. I don't, I don't know where they came to it, but in the video, the theory they presented was that at the end of Deadpool two, Ryan Reynolds has Sable's time watch. Yep. And they said very clearly in the first teaser that they're not touching Logan's death from the Logan movie. Yep which is 2029. So mm-hmm. the last Deadpool apparently took place in like 2022 or 2023. So there's okay. like 6 years in between. So that's the timeline that they're going to be using, but then they also reference him spinning the dial and jumping through and cleaning up the timeline, right? Yep. And we know with Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness that there's Earth 616 and 8 something something. So there's like the earth where all of the Avenger stuff takes place now, but then there's like earth 816 or 618, whatever the other earth is, that's where we got to see fantastic four and, uh, professor X. Yes. Right. Right. Yep. So his theory is that he uses the table, Sable watch or whatever, and they are actually in the other earth realm. The one where Professor X... So that would be the Earth where the X-Men exist, where Doctor Strange, like, you know, sacrificed himself as a hero, but was actually killed off, right? Sure, sure. So the theory is they're going to go back to that timeline and kind of jump through different time periods to bring different X-Men forth. So it is going to be kind of like a road trip, but a road trip through time.
0: That would actually be kind of cool. And... I actually really hope that they use this to selectively bring some of the Fox actors into the new universe, because I would love nothing more than McAvoy and, uh, oh, who did make Nito? uh What's his name? Oh, That really good guy, too. Um, uh, Fassbender.
1: Yeah, that's it. Michael Fassbender.
0: Like, I would love if those two continued on with their roles, because I think they're great in those movies. So...
1: Well, and the other thing is, in their teaser, he talks about this like epic adventure with Wolverine, Rashomon style. So, in new rock stars—they break. They tell you what Rashomon was. Apparently, it's this like really old nineteen fifties movie, Japanese movie, okay. where <clears throat> where the movie is told through. It's like one event, but the movie shows you the different perspectives of the character. Like that, that's where that sure. whole movie style came from is it's, it's actually is called Rashomon. That is a style of filmmaking. And that's where you have three characters. One event happens, but you see how this happens through Wolverine's eyes, but then you see how it happens through Deadpool's eyes, right? because sure, there's slightly sure. different perspectives. That'd be cool. So how they're going to mix that in with time traveling road trip esque style. I'd like, I have no idea, but I'm still fucking excited. Totally,
0: totally. Because uh, yeah, the Deadpool movies have been great, and you know Hugh Jackman and Reynolds teaming up for one. I mean, like they're best friends in real life, so like you already know the chemistry is gonna be awesome, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. Yeah, and uh, I I think I think it'll be super cool how they. Because this is going to be the movie to bring the X Men in, like it has to be. So it's like it'll be cool to see how they do that. Well, right?
1: they, they might start sooner than that, though, because like this Deadpool's not coming out until twenty twenty four. Like we're still two years away.
0: Right. Yeah. But, so maybe do they selectively like kind of tease a few hints and some stuff leading up to it, and then maybe this is like the big one. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't know either. Like it'll. It'll definitely be interesting.
3: Yeah. But I'm. I'm so down for. For that,
1: yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I can't fucking wait.
0: I I'm I'm kind of surprised Jackman is coming back because I thought he was you know fairly adamant on hanging up that character after that last movie. But I think them being like super good friends in real life probably had something to do with that. Where it's like, hey, you want to come back for one more?
1: Well, I've seen like I've read different things where like I don't know how truthful they are. Where. Hugh has said he doesn't want to like wear the claws anymore. He's like getting older and stuff like that. But he's always said like, he doesn't want to keep doing the X-Men movies. The exception to the rule would be if he got to do something in the Deadpool universe, because like in the comic books, Wolverine and Deadpool are like a very iconic kind of team up combo, duo, whatever you want to. Sure. Like I can see that because it was, uh, Patrick Stewart said the same thing after the last X-Men movie that he was oh, yeah. done, he was not going to play the character anymore. But I think it's situational cuz they obviously got him yep. to come back and reprise the role for Doctor Strange, right?
0: Yeah. And well, yeah, you even look at like the Spider-Man's, right? Where they were like, "Hey, we know you've you just did this like 10 years ago, but hey, you want to come back for one more like kind of interesting new take on it. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that that probably brings new life into a character that you would have otherwise been done playing. Right. Yeah. And I think,
1: I think that has a lot to do with it. If you're just playing the same old character in the same old style of movie with the same old beginning, middle and end where it's predictable, like sure. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to do it anymore. I get that. But then if someone throws it, Hey, we're going to do this crazy thing. It's going to be integral. And this is how we're going to kick off this whole new universe and it'll be something you haven't done before like i think that that changes the game like i don't think it took any convincing for ryan reynolds to be like hey we got the green light they're gonna let us do a wolverine deadpool movie if you'll play wolverine again and i bet hugh without hesitation was like "Absolutely, fucking lootly. that sounds like that'd be a great time and a great movie yeah
0: totally and i think like you also saw that too with um captain america guy chris oh what can i remember his fucking last name chris evans yeah or like he has said like he's he's done with that character but his like caveat has always been in interviews he's like unless there's some super like interesting take where i pop in for a little bit he's like always like left it open or it's like if there's a really kind of like interesting thing like a like what they're doing with deadpool right where it's like i'm not Mm -hmm. just gonna come back and do another movie but if i came back and did this really cool thing
3: maybe right
0: yeah exactly Speaking of uh, people coming back to a movie after a long time, fucking Constantine 2 with Keanu Reeves is officially a go.
1: Which is like, I'm so hyped about that. Right? I understand the gripes were like, because I know, I remember when that first movie first came out, a lot of people were like, he looks nothing like Constantine. Okay, I get that, sure, but it was still an amazing movie. Yeah, totally. And in and interviews, every time he gets interviewed and they're like, if you could make any movie right now, what movie would you make? And he's always said, I would love to make another Constantine.
0: Totally. And I think he played the character of Constantine, like, super well. Like, I think he captured what that character is, like, extremely well in that movie, too, so.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I'm, I can't even fucking wait for it. I'm very, very excited. Yeah. And... I, I, I don't know
0: how they're going to tie it into anything, because fucking DC is still a hot fucking mess right now, but <sighs> I also don't yeah, care. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Which, speaking of weird DC stuff, so this is kind of a fucking weird article. Bob Odenkirk was apparently in an unofficial Joker parody movie at a film festival, and it got copyright stricken during the festival and they had to pull it out
1: <laughs> interesting go on
0: so and the filmmaker was even like this is super weird because for all intents and purposes this is a parody movie and parody movies are protected right Hmm. <laughs> but it like in the middle of the festival they were like yeah no, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, legal contacted us, and we're actually not going to be showing this anymore, and we're going to sort this out later. Cause yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to watch a trailer on this because that's interesting. Cause that that's the thing, like, parody is parody. Yeah, and even the filmmaker
0: like has a statement where it's like, she was like, I always said like it's protected because it's a parody, and she's like. It's like this weird gray zone where it's like, yeah, no, I don't own these characters that I'm parodying, but it's a parody, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, it's a weird thing, right? Like it's, yeah, it, it was such a weird article when I read it where I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like this is super fucking weird.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: So it's just one of those weird articles that I saw where I was like, oh, this is just weird to not talk about this
1: yeah I'm gonna I definitely have to watch a trailer on that now because I'm super curious right I, I
0: wonder well I mean you'd be able to find it online anyway but I wonder if they pulled a bunch of that stuff yeah
1: fucking DC
3: fucking DC indeed
1: so I'm pretty fucking hyped for the new Goldeneye Eye.
0: okay so there's, uh, this is, okay, you ready for how weird this fucking thing is? Yeah. Okay. So they announced, like, hey, Goldeneye is coming out, but it was two versions, and it's and neither version is the version that people want. Really? So they announced, the, so they announced this, and they were like, hey, the, the initial announcement was during a Nintendo Direct. They were like, hey, we're adding Goldeneye to the N64 emulator on Switch Online so we're adding it and it's the Nintendo 64 game but we're going to allow you to play multiplayer. So that's it. It's just the Nintendo 64 game <clears> ported. <throat> like there's no upgrades or anything like that except and online it, multiplayer. Except online multiplayer. And then at the same time Game Pass came out and it was like we're also dropping Golden Eye on Game Pass console. Not coming to PC. And it is, you'll be able to play an upscaled version, so it'll upscale to 4K, and there's some, like, frame rate stuff. But neither of these are the remaster that has been floating around for years. So for years, uh, people who worked on it, it was an old 360 port, Mm -hmm. where they remade GoldenEye, kind of like how they remade the Halo games, where it was, like, we put in new, like... Upgraded assets, all of this, and you can toggle back and forth from like N64 mode to like new mode. We've gotten achievements. And in interviews, people that have worked on that game have said the game is done and is sitting on a shelf, ready to be released. Two weeks prior to all this coming out, all the achievements got leaked for Xbox, and everyone was like, oh, we're finally getting this like mythical version of the remake.
3: But no. it
0: I, I don't it's such a weird convoluted fucking situation that like the remake that is done that is sitting on a shelf somewhere is not the version we're getting we're just gonna be able to play it upscaled if you have an Xbox. Hmm <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I looked at this and was like well I guess I'm just gonna do what I did last time. I wanted to play Goldeneye and I'm gonna open up RetroArch and play the dumped rom i have at upscaled resolution with this usb nintendo
1: 64 controller i have (laughs) yeah that's disappointing to say the least but i've always wanted like a some kind of like updated graphical like i've redone assets where like brings into the modern age would have been nice but an upscaled n64 original on the xbox means it's going to be built for xbox controllers Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so i'll I'll, i'm still going to play it because like it's it said it's coming to xbox game pass day one so yep i mean i will be all over that totally obviously the updated refreshed version would be nice but you know i'm really hoping that once these two come out that someone accidentally leaks maybe the actual fucking remastered version. And if not, maybe this will like redo calls for like the normal everyday community to be like, okay, fuck it. Open project. Yep. We're going to do it ourselves. Yep. I, there's a guy on YouTube that I've been watching his videos and he's um, redoing this, the old PlayStation two Simpsons hit and run.
0: Oh yeah. I've seen he's, some of that. Yep.
1: Yeah. He's redoing the whole thing in unreal engine four. Yep.
0: There's a bunch of projects. There's also a guy that's doing all of Ocarina Time in Unreal Engine 5, and it looks fucking phenomenal. So, really. Like there's a bunch of the yeah. L- like if you look it up, it is like fucking incredible and he's got like he's been working on it for years and it like it is a fully like Link in Unreal 5 Ocarina Time him like going around. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy.
1: That would be pretty Speaking. fucking sick.
0: Okay, so speaking of which okay, so aside from I know we already talked about the NVIDIA bullshit, but did you see their the one cool thing where it was like the AI like ray tracing on old stuff and the Morrowind thing they showed?
1: No, I did not see that.
0: Look looked that up because it's like they basically like their AI is good enough that they just like told it to be like, hey, RTX Morrowind. And it shows a video that is just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it just fully fucking, like, redid the game. And you look at it going like, wow. And they're like, you can do this with anything. Like, you can just apply it to whatever game you want. And it's like, huh, that's kind of insane. Oh,
1: that'd be pretty fucking cool. Their yeah. AI upscaling has always been pretty pretty phenomenal, though. Yeah. I can't say, Actually, like, I'm overly surprised, because it's, it's always been, like, crazy next level
0: yeah yeah so yeah just another thing is like some of that tech to like play old games is getting really cool now where it's like you can do some of this with like not a minimal amount of work but you're also not spending years remaking the whole game right mm-hmm. so yeah i mean at least we're getting another version of golden
1: yeah, that's that is true. cool. Something's better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Although I don't have a Switch anymore, so I won't be able to partake in that. I have a Switch, but, like, there's no way I'm paying for
0: their fucking online service just to, just to play Nintendo 64.
1: <laughs> that's fair. I, to this day, I couldn't get over, like, how uncomfortable the Switch was in my hands.
0: Yeah. Anytime I play, like, if I play in handheld mode, I've got, like, a... I can't remember the last time I fucking played my Switch, but, like, I have, like, a rubber case that like goes on it. That...
1: Yeah, I bought a Satisfy Grip is what I ended yep. up doing, and it made it more manageable, but... I don't know. They're just... They're, their games are so fucking expensive when you buy them for what you actually get. Yep. And then, yeah, if you want any of the cool emulation stuff, you gotta, like... Ugh. I don't know. Makes me want to just get a Steam Deck or, like, a IO Neo or any one of those and just... Throw RetroArch on it and just start emulating what I already own. That's, like, when it comes to old games,
0: that's what I've been doing for years, is I have a folder on my NAS called ROMs, and it has a bunch of old games, and if I want, I just point RetroArch on whatever device to that fucking folder on my network, and want to play those games? I just hit A, and it's good to go.
1: One of the little side projects I've been wanting to do for a while, and I haven't gotten around to doing it yet, is taking my Xbox One X, like not the Series X, but like the One X, and putting it in developer mode, putting RetroArch on it, and then fucking... You can buy, like, yep. PCB boards now where you can plug your fucking Nintendo games and your Super Nintendo games and your Nintendo 64 games, and you plug it in, and it'll duplicate that game digitally for you. Yep. And I was like, One. oh, well, instead of having all of these games that I love to play, but... I don't even have the cables to hook them up to my TV anymore. I'll just start pulling these games out of my fucking game bin and digitally copying them. Yep.
0: Now, and there's actually a really cool project. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the Mr. Project. I have and it's not. Essentially, so what it is, is it's uh, it's an all-in-one retro emulator that you build. And you order specific parts and boards from all over the world. It's like this crazy, cool, like, open-source community. And it's essentially a little box that emulates everything on the hardware level, not the software level. So what it does is it gives you, like, true emulation, where it's like, this is exactly how it looks like if you had a SNES in front of you, plugged into your TV. Really? And then you dump all your ROMs onto it. So, for instance, if you ever need ROMs, I have a bunch. I have, like, 7,000. Jesus. I have pretty much every game from PlayStation 1 and back. And so essentially what people do is they take that and they just dump it onto an SD card. It's only like 7 gigs for all of those games because they're old. And they plug it in and then they've got this retro box hooked up to their TV that they can just plug a controller in or Bluetooth one and it's like, boom, there's all my SNES games. Click one, load it up. Hmm. It's a really cool project.
1: Hmm, i have to look into that
0: yeah and it's like it's a little bit costy like you're probably if you're making that project because you're making it by hand like a computer it's probably a couple hundred bucks but yeah, very cool nonetheless
1: yeah that's not bad but
0: yeah turning an old xbox into that is also super easy and if
1: you have an old one lying around my xbox one x sits here and does absolutely nothing I literally just turned it on and updated it the other day. Okay, <laughs> you ever played Apex Legends? Yep. I recently, I used to play it a lot on my Xbox. Okay. And I was, sure. I was, like, I'm not a top tier streamer level fucking pro by any stretch, but I was a good player. Okay. Like I won many a fucking games. I averaged several kills a fucking game. I was pretty fucking good at it. But after I got PC, I just never touched it because it wasn't... I don't even think they had it on PC at the time. And then when they did release it on PC, unlike every other Battle Royale fucking game out there, Apex refuses to let you link from other accounts. So so
0: you can't even transfer from console to PC? Yeah.
1: So all of the skins, all of the heirloom sets, all of like everything that I like fucking worked hard to get the apex packs and get all these cool little things and characters and stuff like that. They're all locked onto my fucking Xbox and apex won't let me transfer any of it to my PC. So that stopped me from wanting to even play it on PC because like, I don't know what season they're into now, but like when I fired up my Xbox, I had enough of whatever the coins are to buy all the remaining characters that I didn't have from since I stopped playing. So I have every (coughs) single character on my Xbox. But you can't use it on PC. But I can't use any of them on PC. You only get your standard, like, six or seven characters on PC. Then you gotta pay money or win a bunch of matches to get the fucking Apex coins to unlock them. And I was like, fuck me.
0: That seems real dumb, because, like, when I think...
1: Because if you
0: look at, like, Fortnite and uh,
1: whatever the Call of Duty one, is that not... Like, it's all cross-pay, cross-progression. Yep. Yep. Oh, 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 yeah. So Apex is cross-platform. So, like, when I... Yeah. Play Apex. I can play on my PC with... I can be in a trio with a guy on PlayStation and a guy on Xbox while I play on my PC. It's totally in the realm of possibilities. It is cross-platform. Cross-play. But they just straight yep. up don't allow... Nope. That's dumb as fuck. Yeah. Especially if they already
0: have cross-play. Uh-huh. I wonder if there's, like, some weird technical reason that they can't do it. But, uh, no, there shouldn't be. Nope. That just seems... not,
1: because you look at all the other Battle Royale games. Call of Duty is a prime example if I load up Warzone on my fucking Xbox and I'm signed in with my Activision account, anything and everything on there is going to be on my PC when I sign in with my Activision account. Yeah. It's no different, huh. except they use fucking Origin. But same thing. Weird. Yeah. And they've talked about it in like press releases. They're like, oh yeah, like this is something that we were working on and blah, 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 blah. But it's been years and it still isn't a fucking oh, thing. Weird. So needless to say, I was like, I'm not starting from scratch and not having any of my shit. So I just didn't play it. So I had a buddy who's like really into it. And I was like, all right, fuck it. It's like free. I'll just play with the base characters and I'll see what happens. So I end up playing the game and I'm getting fucking worked hard, (laughs) like super hard, like barely doing any damage on anyone. I'm getting fucking killed instantly. I'm winning absolutely zero gunfights doesn't matter what game mode I go into and I can't figure it out for the fucking life of me. And then the other night I dust off the Xbox booted up. Cause I'm going to prepare to actually turn it into an emulation machine. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll update apex. I'm going to launch into apex and just see what that's like. First game I launched into four fucking kills. What okay. The f- what the fuck? So huh. there's like a fucking strafing speed penalty on PC. So, like, if I move left or right, front or back, it's the same speed on console. Okay. If I move diagonally, like, like say, right and forward at the same time, it's the same speed. So no matter which direction I move my character, it's the same speed. Okay. Which is what I'm used to, having played a lot of, like, Call of Duty's been my main first-person shooter for quite some time. So, like, that's what I'm used to. On PC, you can't change it but your strafe speed is slightly so lower than your forward and your backward speed. And if you go at an angle, like if you go forward and right at the same time, that speed is dramatically fucking slower.
0: Oh, weird. So it's like this weird, like mechanic that is competing against your muscle memory.
1: Yeah. So I'll get into firefights with guys where I'm used to like strafing, moving around, jumping up and down to try and avoid getting shots. And it's like, I'm stuck in fucking molasses. Oh, and I can't shit. dodge the bullets. I just get nuked. And then because, because PC players always have an advantage, apparently, with mouse and keyboard over fucking controllers, if you play on a console, you have aim assist. And it's a .6 multiplier for an aim assist to, like, snap you onto the whoever you're shooting at. Okay. If you play on PC with a keyboard and mouse, you get zero aim assist. If you play on PC and plug in a controller, you do get aim assist, but it's reduced to 0.3. It's half of what it is on console. Oh, weird. Which that is the part that bugs me because when I was trying to figure out why I was so bad on PC, I was like, maybe it's just keyboard and mouse. So I plugged my controller in. Nope. still hot fucking garbage. And I just couldn't figure it out months. I would periodically hop on with my buddy Play a weird. few rounds, get absolutely worked, and I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not this bad at this game. And it's these weird, like, yep. kind of, like, technical, like, fucking pillows that they've, like, done. Oh, weird. Because yep. as soon as I launched it, picked up the controller on my Xbox, it was it was as if I never put it down. Weird. Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: That's actually kind of fascinating. That It's, like, these two technical things that, like, just the combination of it well, is, like, I- just enough to throw off... What you're used to because you've been playing it a certain way for how long? If you
1: want to penalize movement speeds and other things and aim assist and stuff with a mouse and keyboard, okay, fine, whatever. Totally. If I'm playing on a PC and I plug in a controller, it should be the same. I'm no fucking different than a console player other than the fact that I have better graphics and probably a higher frame rate. But that does not mean that I should be getting half the aim assist that console players get.
0: No, that seems. Because that was always the debate when it comes to crossplays, Like, keyboard and mouse is going to have a better advantage, which, yeah, there's there's arguments there. And it's like, but if you're yeah, that's... The controller on PC should be on par with the controller yep. on console. Yep, it's not. Huh. Weird.
1: Huh. I guess you just got to get good on PC now, I guess. <laughs> no, it's just too hard. I just don't. I just went back to playing Rocket League and Modern Warfare sure well that's not true i played the quarry i started i recently started playing the quarry okay
0: how was that because i've been meaning to play that and i'm a big fan of the people that make those games uh
1: it's really good it's really interesting you need multiple people though, is the problem yep so like turpin and i played it yeah and it's interesting like it's it's visually it's very nice but like when you get to a scene where someone has to move around There's only two of us. I never end up, I don't know how the game is set up, but like when it's like, okay, time to walk around and discover something. It's Turpin. He always gets to do the walking around and I just have to watch him walk around. Yep. And then like, it's really interesting that the decisions you make affect how the game plays out. I really like that. But when there's two of you and if you don't agree on the same thing, it defaults to whoever player one is. So if Turpin and I disagree, we get his decision.
0: Oh, weird, because that's... Because they do it differently, so... The original game that they did was the PlayStation 1, and it was, like, it didn't have co-op. It was, like, their first foray into that, like, kind of story-based, here, make your choice, and then you'll see the consequence two hours later, kind of thing. And it wasn't co-op, and that was always what everyone wanted. And then they came out, and they did a bunch of these anthology short stories that are, like, six or seven hours long. And I played some of those co-op, and when it came to choices, what they would what they did in the shorter ones is you would be in two different areas, and you each had a choice to make. So it like it wasn't you weren't arguing over the same choice. It was like you each had your own distinct one, and you had to communicate with each other to be like, "Oh, I'm getting this choice, and you're getting that choice." And then like on the fly, you would have to kind of pro and con it and be like, "All right, well, I'm thinking I'm gonna pick this," and then the other person would be like, "Okay, I'm thinking I'm gonna pick this one."
1: Not with the quarry. You're 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 only ever looking at the same screen, you're coming across the same story, the same developments, and you get presented with the same choices and you vote. You Uh vote on which option to take. That's why I'm saying it's better if you have more people, because I think you can do up to like eight people. Yeah, this game can do quite a bit, yeah. So like if you have at the very least, an odd number of people, then it's more interesting because then you you only got thirty seconds, but like for thirty yep. seconds, you're like, "Well, let's do this, no, let's do that." And then yep. you all vote, and like the majority fucking wins but sure, that's, yeah, yeah that's not it's that's not how it works when it, there's just two of you. how weird, but it's like it's the game is still like it's visually, it's stunning. The story is interesting. I think we're like halfway through it. We've made yep. some decisions already that got some characters killed where we're like, oh, let's totally. do this, and we're like, do you think?" You think something's actually going to happen? And then, oh, okay, cool, she's dead. She probably didn't need to die, but oh well. Totally. And, like, playing those games,
0: like, I, I'm a, I've I'm, always been a big fan of those games. I've played, like, all of them. And I haven't jumped into the core yet just because I haven't had the time, but I've been meaning to because it is very much like, oh, do you think, like, it's not like a typical video game where it's, like, the illusion of choice? You know, like, a lot of the Telltale games are like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, Yeah, we're going to give you these choices, but at the end of the day, this is the outcome no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it might have changed how you got there. Like, these games, at least, where it's like, they have this ensemble cast where it's like, there's not a set number of those people that are going to live at the end. You can end those games and have literally every single person die, right? And you can also finish that game and have every single person live. So it's like, yeah, it's cool to, like, make this choice and then, like, an hour
1: later be like, well, that person got an axe to the face, well, shit. Yeah, well, and quite the cast, too. Like, looking through the yeah. cast, it's like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. Like, for the most part, are. there like David Arquette, for fuck's sakes, is in the game.
0: Yep. And the very first one that was on the PS4, Rami Malik, is in it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, it's like they actually get, like, mocap people, and it's, like, super cool, because it's like, hey, here's these actors that you actually recognize, mm-hmm. so... I'm glad that game's decent because I've been meaning to check it out and just haven't got around to it yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I liked it so far. Yeah. Have you checked out any House of Dragon? I haven't watched a single fucking episode yet.
0: Okay. I won't really talk about it then. I was hoping you had watched a few,
1: but... I'm still waiting. I'm I'm still like, I don't know. I keep hearing good things, but I'm still... I'm still holding on I tell the tell the season runs its course. I'm not. I'm not touching okay. it. Okay. Sure. It's still. I'm still
0: very much interested in seeing what happens, but I. Yeah. It's. I. I think it's decent. I don't think it's as good as early Game of Thrones, but. I think it's a decent watch.
1: I, like, I think there's only a couple left before the season ends, and then I'll. I'll sit down and binge them all. That's that makes sense. my binge list right now consists of that and the new Netflix Dahmer. Oh
0: yeah, I've Ryan the Murphy one. Yep. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one out.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I honestly out I haven't even watched Nope yet. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And I've been meaning I, to because I like Jordan Peele, but I just I haven't it, gotten around to it yet. It was really cool. Yeah. It was really
0: cool. It's uh, visually that movie was super fucking how they do the UFO was super interesting where I was like, Ooh, there's like, they tease it in a very cool way where it's like, you don't really see it, but you do see it. It, he does it in a way that really kind of drives home the looming fear. Mm -hmm. Like what you kind of would get where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally good.
1: Yeah. Like I, I I really want to see it. And same, there's another one that just recently came out with, uh, Davidson called bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh yeah. And I really want to see that the the problem in my household is is like I only have finite amount of fucking time, and I have to split it between all these different things, and then when I do want to watch something, the wife wants to watch something, but she does not like horror, she does not like right. deep suspense, like the scary stuff is just not a rally, sure. so I have to like time it out so I can watch it when it, she's not sure. gonna want to watch that kind <laughs> of stuff. That makes sense, yeah, no, that totally makes sense, so
0: yeah. But no, Nope is uh, definitely worth checking out. That guy's. I'm glad that guy just makes his own shit. Like he's everything he does. He's got this weird ass vision, and so people just give him a pile of money, and they're like, "Yeah, go for it." Mm. <laughs> it's like I I like when there's people like that. Like even if there's parts that I don't like about you know some of his movies or something like that, where it's like on the whole, it's like I'm glad you're making this weird ass thing, and people are giving you the money to do it, right? Because it's. There's not enough original stuff like what he does in movies anymore, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so. hopefully he doesn't turn into an M-Knight. Oh, God. Speaking of M-Knight, I didn't even know that he was working on another movie until last night when I saw a preview for the newest m night Shyamalan movie. Oh, God. What is it? Knock at the cabin door. That already sounds bad. I didn't. It was a wasn't very telling. It's got Dave Bautista in it. Uh, that's not a selling point. And the whole premise is it's like a gay couple and their child are like on vacation in this like remote cabin, and Dave Bautista and two other people show up, and they look like... Uh, fuck. The religion where they come to your door with the white shirt and the oh, tie and knock on to oh, try to uh, preach God. Mormons? Yeah, Mormons. they look... They look like Mormons and they break into this cabin and tell these, tie these two dudes up to a chair and tell them that like the three of them are here to prevent the apocalypse and that these two gay guys have a hard choice that they have to make. And then like, it kind of like fades into the title of the movie, knock at the cabin door. And I'm like, what the fuck? Hmm. Yeah. I. Yep. It, it can't be worse than that old Beach movie. I, I was just about to say like, but can it? Uh, oh, maybe. Like, I don't know. It could. Like,
0: that's, that's the conversation with M. Night Shyamalan is like, he comes out with a new movie and you go, well, it can't be as bad as that other one that he did. And then the new one comes out and you're like, yeah, no, it totally can. And how this guy keeps getting work is beyond me. But someone keeps get, writing him checks. Like, I... I I don't understand how Hollywood just keeps accepting M. Night Shyamalan
1: pitches and goes like, yep. I mean, he was like a hip-happening It guy for a long time.
0: Well, yeah, totally. He He's had a few good movies, but...
1: Sorry, Knock at the Cabin. And the pitch line <laughs> is, while vacationing at a remote cabin, a young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse with limited access to the outside world. The family must decide what they believe before all is lost.
0: Huh? Yep. I mean, I mean, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to be morbidly curious because it's like whenever M night movie comes out, I know I'm going to regret my time with it. Just like I know whenever I watch those fucking indie A24 movies that I always bitch about, it's like, I know I'm going to hate this, mm-hmm. but my morbid curiosity always, like, it's like the self-hate part of my brain where it's just like, you need to watch this and you need to not enjoy it so that you can talk about it after. <laughs> Which,
1: yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Okay, tell me about Archer. You know, I don't have like a whole lot to say other than the fact that like a couple seasons ago they finally got away from like the stupid Dreamland shit. Okay, did they? So oh, is yeah. this
0: like is this back to what Archer was?
1: About two, maybe three seasons ago, they went back to good Archer, and it like it didn't go back where it's like okay, this is the Archer I fell in love with when like the first couple seasons came out. Okay, but it's gradually been getting back to that point. So I think we're two. Okay. Uh, this is at the very least, this is the. Th- Second, if not the third season, where they're back to normal Archer, okay. and they've—I feel like they've finally found their groove. Where like, I'll load up an episode, and I'm like, yes, this is this is the Archer I like. This is the fucking this is the good stuff. Okay, I don't have anything much to say. Like I've I've watched every episode that's come out so far. I think like six or seven are out now, and I've okay. en- I've enjoyed every single one of them. It's okay. it's good old school Archer, and like they've definitely moved well because when they moved away from dreamland i'm like are they going to go back to that weird bullshit fantasy stuff and i was hesitant so i watched the last couple seasons kind of like eh, i don't know like at any moment it feels like maybe they could go back but like i think we're set back in old school archer and i think it's worth watching again for people who gave because i know lots of people who when they started doing those archer dreamland fucking hokey versions when I out. yeah a bunch of people i know all stopped watching the show after then, and I think it's definitely worth a revisit with the last couple seasons where they okay. aren't doing that shit anymore.
0: That makes sense. Okay, so two things that I forgot to put in the notes. Did you see that the community movie
1: is officially? Yes, gone? I actually. That was on my. I. It was on my notes in my phone. I obviously didn't put it on here. Yeah, yeah. but I saw that it's it's happening. Fuck yeah. Thank like,
0: yeah. I, I mean like I know it's kind of been like a confirmed rumor for a good like six months but it's nice to actually get like an official announcement of like hey six seasons in a movie is a thing yep so pretty hyped and can't wait for that did you see all of the fucking Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks
1: and that whole I, thing I looked at some of them I didn't watch all of them because part of me didn't want to be spoiled because I've been waiting for a new Grand Theft Auto for a long time yep But I'm I'm just happy that there are leaks, meaning they are working on a Grand Theft Auto 6, that it is in development, that it's finally going to fucking happen.
0: Yep. That was probably... I got super deep into that leak, and it's, like, widely been said that it's actually one of the biggest leaks in video game history. Really? It's a 17-year-old fucking social-engineered his way into one of their Slack channels and got fucking, like, back-end... Fucking dev code and shit, and like some, there's something like three to six hours of fucking development gameplay online, and fucking like full maps and dialogues and fucking locations. Like it was fucking huge from
1: a 17 year old kid,
0: yeah, that social engineered his way into a fucking Slack channel.
1: (laughs) That's just fucking crazy, right?
0: It was just, it was such a fast like because I watched it. I was working from home, and I watched it, like, I had, like, the Reddit thread on a second monitor, and I would refresh it, like, every 20 minutes, and it was, like, in real time, it was fascinating to see, like, they get down, and it was, like, edit 79, i ran out of a room, see top comment for continuation, and it, like, just, all the edits that kept coming up of, like, fucking developments coming out, it was, like, insane, it was, like, one of the biggest leaks I think that has ever happened, which was just, like, holy fuck. Oof. Yeah, and then Rockstar actually came out and like fucking confirmed it after the copyright strike a bunch of stuff and they're like, yeah, no, we're working on GTA 6 and that shit totally was not meant to come
1: out. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I want to know who's going to get their fucking PP pee slapped for letting a 17-year-old into their Slack channel. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, that's impressive. Like, hacking is always impressive in itself. But if you're a seventeen year old kid and you figure out a way to get invited to a private fucking Slack channel Yep for a game that like at the up until the official leaks came out and Rockstar confirmed it, no one even knew if Rockstar was working on a Grand Theft Auto Six. So yep. like Jesus man. Big brain play on that kid's part. Yeah, no shit. Cause like there was there had always been kind of some leaks that came
0: out that some people were like yeah 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 that's not really reputable and then like this leak actually confirmed a bunch of it and some people were like oh so there was actually that shit that came out two years ago that everyone laughed at was actually kind of true you know that it was actually this location and stuff but but yeah i'm yeah yeah. and from from i won't spoil anything or say anything about the leaks the only thing that i'll say is like it seems like uh you played red dead 2 right not to completion
1: okay did you like it from what i played i liked it i okay like while we're on the topic of grand theft auto red dead rockstar in general i was miffed cuz i bought grand theft auto 5 three times okay yeah i have two <laughs> so that really that really irritated me and when red dead came out it came out on xbox and well consoles i guess yep. but the pc wasn't ready yeah And I wanted to play the game really badly because I really, really enjoyed the first Red Dead, but I wasn't about to let Rockstar fucking quadruple their money off me again. And I knew that like, if I had a choice to sit down and play now that I'm a PC player almost exclusively, that I'd much rather sit down and play it on an ultra-wide, get all the fucking graphical settings and tweaks that I want, and should down the road I want a mod, then that option is available as well. So I I was like, I refuse to spend... $80 on this game on console and then turn around and spend 80 bucks on it again when it becomes available on PC. So I waited and it took like three fucking months at least before it was available and ready on, on PC. And so by that time I bought it, I like, I still bought it, but the hype train was over. My interest had fucking waned. A lot of the people who were playing it had already beaten the fucking game. Multiplayer still wasn't ready at that point. So I played a bunch of the... Not even a bunch. I played like 15-20% of the story. And then it just fell off my fucking radar.
0: Sure. One of the... uh, In the leaks, one of the things that it showed up was like... You know how in Red Dead, like... Gone was the days of like an infinite gun bag. And it was like a lot more realistic. Where it was like, alright, I'm going to holster this gun and take this one on my back, and my horse is kind of like my base. Yeah. And it was like a lot, and then like all the interactions like with the world, like that world kind of, it was designed where like, you do not affect the world. Like the world is like living on its own, and it's breathing, and like you interact with it. Mm -hmm. And it goes on, like you see a house being built in real time, right? It's like this
1: crazy, like intricate world. Yeah.
0: It seems like they're bringing all of that to the new Grand Theft Auto, which like
1: fucking sign me up. I love that shit. Yeah. so that'll get me excited. I, like, I, I liked Red Dead but like I don't know it just I didn't finish it but like even yeah. if I have to wait three months for Grand Theft Auto to hit PC which I will because again like I don't own the next the newest gen of consoles so I'm not buying it for a two year like a last second last gen fucking console I'm going to wait for it to come on PC but Grand Theft Auto is one of those games that even if I have to wait three or four months before I can get it on PC I'll wait it out but I'll still that one I will play to completion
0: yeah i'm i'm the same way and i'm i'm also really curious what the next grand theft auto is because like if you think of it like grand theft auto 5 was like it came out and it was like this like rockstar has always been like here's the marquee single story game right that's amazing And grand theft auto did that it was like hey here's this new take he plays three characters and then online kind of exploded and that kind of became the priority yeah and then, so everyone was worried, is, is they're like, okay, is the Rockstar single-player game dead? And then Red Dead 2 came out. And I'll be honest, Red Dead 2 was one of my top five games of all time. Like, I fucking love that game. And I was like, all right, this is amazing. But then there's still this lingering thing of like, okay, is the new Grand Theft Auto just going to be like, hey, here's a thing. But then here's online? Like, I don't know. It's this weird thing of like, I don't want it to just be. Yeah. I'm curious. I don't like, think
1: so, because Rockstar Online for Grand Theft Auto and anyway, like GTA Online is free. It's free to play. You can buy your shark true, cards yeah. and shit, but it's free to fucking play. And they make their money off the shock car, shock, shark cards. God, I can't talk. Skins and the various shit like that, right? Yeah. It's a it's a moneymaker for sure, just the same way that Modern Warfare is a fucking totally. moneymaker because everyone buys the fucking skins.
0: Totally.
1: And like I think it was the last Black Ops, they didn't even have a single player fucking story yeah yeah like yeah, it which was weird it was just the because mul- they're like yeah there's no money in it but with rockstar it's different like you're you're gonna have your diehards that are gonna play rockstar online but like if they release grand theft auto 6 and there's no fucking grand theft auto 6 storyline it's strictly all online i think there's gonna be a lot of fucking furious people and i don't think they're gonna make nearly the sales because grand theft no. auto 5 was one of the highest grossing games of all time and it, it wasn't it beca- and it wasn't because people were buying it for fucking online play. No. Because online no. play is free. So yeah. all of that money was made off of sales of guys wanting to play the Grand Theft Auto storyline. Yeah.
0: And and to be honest, the like the GTA 6 leaks confirmed like the story stuff and some of that so like it is going to be there but like I'm more so just curious like what is their next GTA online part and how much of a focus is that, you know what I mean? Cuz like mm-hmm. When's the last time you played GTA Online? A couple of years at this point. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's a weird thing of like, I. the last time I played that was the time I got banned because I exploited a glitch and they deleted my account. Oh, right. <laughs> I recall that. I mean, it was a great time playing because I literally fucking did the glitch for like a week straight, and then bought everything in the game and had a really good time online. And then they fucking canceled my account and was like, "Here's your shark is back." Started level one, and I was like, "All right, peace." <laughs> but yeah, fair, fair. I'm just curious what the next big marquee Rockstar game is, because it's yeah.
1: Well, I think that that's going to be the next big marquee Rockstar game for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. and that's the only
0: thing i have left to talk about is fucking i decided to try elden ring Did oh, you ever yeah. play this or hear about this i
1: don't like souls games i find them extremely frustrating and i don't enjoy them
0: me too and but some part of my brain was like i had read some articles and they were like hey this one's like a more accessible one like if if you're looking for an excuse to get into one of these try it out and i was like all right all right so I did, and I looked at this build online, and it was like, hey, here's a beginner build that you just cast a bunch of magic. Yep, it's now super accessible in a way that, like, I never thought I would get into those games. Really? To the point that, like, I was playing, so I started it last weekend, and I found this Reddit thread, and they were like, yep, start with this build, take your first three, four hours, grind it out, get to this level, and then just go have fun. And I was like, all right. So I did that. And I walked into, like, the first, like, main boss area, died once, was like, okay, that, that's Souls-like, died a second time, and then I was like, okay, so if I just cast this magic and do this spell, yep, killed the boss on the third try. I was like, cool, this is an enjoyable game now. And, yeah, they have made that game super accessible in a way that, like, if you do it right and do a specific build, like, there is a
1: waypoint into that, so. Have you even got into fucking with the mods yet? No, not yet. I've seen some mods where guys like turn some of the bosses into like Thomas the Train from fucking... Oh shit, okay. And other bosses where some of the bosses are like giant Homer Simpsons. So you're like running around trying to take down a 50 foot tall Homer Simpson. I'm going to have to fuck around with that at some point, but... Which I also recently just learned that Cyberpunk, its modding community has like come out of the woodwork recently.
0: Yeah, it's huge. I saw one that had like flying cards or something. And I was like, holy shit.
1: I yeah. Should which really check that out. Makes me. I'm like, Oh man, maybe I need to load up some fucking reload cyberpunk and play with some mods. I, and that, I, speaking of grand theft auto, how you said it was like a long time since I played, it was, yeah. uh, I think it was like a month or two ago. I was seeing some fucking more gameplay mods come up. Cause the modding community for grand theft auto was huge. Yep. But man, like, it's not as easy. Like, I remember I downloaded the, I think it was called, like, the IV Manager or something like that. And then you just pick yep. the mods and stuff. But, like, Grand Theft Auto, and I this is what I don't understand. Is, like, you take games like Cyberpunk or, like, the Elder Scrolls games, Morrowind, that kind of stuff. Even Elden Ring. And there's a huge modding community that you can go, like, right off the community pages in Steam to, like, mod these games in single player. Yep, I can understand Grand Theft Auto doesn't want people modding online because people pay money and it's competitive and okay, I get that but if I want to mod single player Grand Theft Auto fuck off. Yep. Let me totally. fucking mod it. Let me do whatever totally. the fuck I want. I paid for your game three times in my case yep. I bought your game three fucking times. Let me put a fucking mod in it. So yep. I went through all this hassle of getting like the IV manager and this and that and blah 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 and then I go to try and start fucking modding all of it Lo and behold, when I fucking opened up my Steam and updated Grand Theft Auto and the core game was like two versions than what the last fucking patch was. So I couldn't play any of the mods after spending like, fuck, it was like a good 30 or 40 minutes. I was like reading how to install this mod and how to get this one, where to get it, what to use. And then I couldn't use any of the mods because Rockstar updated, patched and prevented the fucking mods from happening. Like motherfucking cocksucker
0: it's it's stupid like uh just let people use single-player mods and like even like okay here's a great example of like a really good mod support is daisy so for whatever reason i continue to play that game fairly like the actual standalone daisy yep what because it's it's actually at a really good place right now
1: yeah i've heard that like every fucking year and then i go in and i'll spend 45 minutes running around in the dark And then I'll die of starvation without having seen a single fucking zombie or a weapon. And then I go, "Yep, uninstall." Fair enough.
0: Um, But there's the modded maps for it, and so there's one, and it's uh, it's like a winter one, and it has this like crazy Easter egg. Like you remember the Call of Duty zombies Easter eggs, Mm -hmm. where you would spend like a full weekend doing like all these obscene hard tasks, and then you would like finish it. I loved it. So it has. Yeah, so it has, this new map has one like that, except it's way fucking harder and takes a really long time because it's DayZ, but it's awesome. And so, like, but what makes it awesome is, like, it's super easy to integrate mods into DayZ. Like, you launch it from Steam, and the launcher itself goes, like, hey, here's the mods tab. I pick the server, and it's, like, do you want to install the mods required for this server? You click yes. Fucking Steam downloads all the mods, and you hit play, and it's, like... You got the modded online map with whatever mods you want.
1: Mm, kind of like the and Arma it, A3 launcher.
0: It's exactly like that, where it's like, it's built in the daisy and it's like, pick this server and if you want to have traders or whatnot, pick that mod and install it and then go about your playtime. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, I wish other games would do that. I don't understand why Rockstar is so fucking hell bent on preventing people from modding single player, because if if I'm sitting here and I'm watching like a YouTube video and someone's like, Hey guys, check this out. So-and-so just released this new mod pack where you can fly around like fucking Iron Man and shoot lasers out your arms. And now we got this other mod where you can play as Thor and like a lot of Marvel, there are Marvel mods. Yeah. totally. So like I see a mod like that and I'm like, Oh wow. Like that looks fun. So like maybe I didn't own grand theft auto because it didn't interest me. But now the idea of a, Massive map where I can fly around as Marvel characters and go to like the Stark Tower. Okay, well, now I want to play that. Yeah, that looks better than Marvel, like official Marvel games that are out there. So I fucking buy Grand Theft Auto so I can mod it, but I can't mod it, so I immediately return it on the Steam store. Like, I think yep. there's a, a, I know a few people that have told me that they wanted to play these mods, and when they found out that they couldn't play them because of patches, they're like, Well, okay, I'm not. And they didn't yep. bother. So it's like, how many sales yep. are you missing? Cause it doesn't affect anything. It's a single player game. Again, I understand you don't want well, multiplayer yeah. mods. Sure. But.
0: Yep. But look let, at uh, like t- take Bethesda as, a, as the greatest example of this that embraces it. Like it is incredibly easy for someone with like not a whole lot of technical knowledge to mod Skyrim or Fallout 4 with like a hundred mods and hit play. Mm -hmm. like it's it's built for that because they know the community wants that right like it's you just go to this website and you click download and it goes into this launcher and then you verify everything and hit play and Mm -hmm. it's like i've had fallout 4 stable with 450 mods and it all it took was probably like four hours of finding all the mods on a saturday and then i was playing yeah Yeah, does some stuff break once in a while, of course. If you're playing a modded version, you're just going to get that sometimes, but... Yeah, it happens. But yeah. No, I'll uh, I'll definitely have to check out the Elden Ring mods, but that game is also, I will say, very cool. Did you ever play Breath of the Wild? I started to. Okay. So do you know how in that world they kind of give you, like, zero objectives and basically just say, have at her? Yeah. That is Elden Ring takes that to a fucking 11.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen lots of gameplay and like I have lots of friends that have played. Turpins beat Elden Ring from start to finish like three or four times at this point. Yeah, but it's it's really cool how they do that because like they give you some
0: dialogue and they're like, hey, this is kind of vaguely what you have to do. And then if you look at the map, it kind of gives you some slight arrows along some paths where it's like, hey, go that way ish. And as you kind of explore the world, like, it's really cool, like, just the shit you find. And it's, like, a really cool way, like, as someone who plays a lot of open worlds, and most open worlds just have layers of bullshit and clutter, it's kind of really nice to not have any of that, where it's just like, hey, go explore, find this cool thing, and then explore some more, so.
1: Oh, fair enough. Yeah probably still won't rush to buy it, but fair enough. But it's a, uh,
0: th- there's I, like the big thing with me was the same as you. Like I was not into any of the souls games. Cause I'm like, I am. I'm at a point in my life where dying to the same boss 20, 30 times. I'm just not into playing that.
1: No, I, I want to go on play a game, not have to like yep. overly think too hard and, and just have fun and just kind of let the reactions take over. I mean, I still yeah. enjoy some, like, thinking puzzle games and, like, like not to say I, I don't play anything like that, like, yeah. but, I mean, yeah, most nights it's, like, when I get home from work, if it's, like, okay, I got, like, two hours before bed, I'm gonna play a game, I just want to launch into a game and I just want to play. Yeah, you want, like, a Spider-Man, where you're just, like, okay, I can swing around and beat up a bunch of thugs.
0: And
1: yeah. Yeah. Or Rocket and League, I just want to hit a ball into a net with a car. Totally. That one game after like well over a decade is still one of my top fucking games. I still yeah. play Rocket League. And yep. it's still good and I still fucking love it.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, everyone has like those core games where it's like they just always go back to it, right? So, yeah. But, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that there was like an accessible way to get an Elden Ring. And I tried it and was like, yeah, this totally makes this game super enjoyable for me where I'm not constantly getting fucked up. You know, mm. I'm dying an enjoyable amount, I guess I should yeah. say, where it's challenging. So,
1: Fair, fair. Yeah. I think that's all I have. I don't have anything else either. All right. Well, I guess on that note, I'll uh, see you in a couple of weeks. All right, sounds good. Later. Peace.